And welcome back to 2 and 6 Baseball, Cleveland Baseball Podcast. His name's Alex. My name's Paul. And if your favorite baseball team decided to lose 6 of 7 to 2 of the worst teams in baseball, but you get to hang out with your best friend all week, so you're in a good mood, you're in the right spot. Let's get into it. Yeah, Alex, what's going on, buddy? I'm doing great. Yeah, I'm sitting right next to you, so this is this is weird. I feel like we're professional podcasters that actually sit in the same room, and we need to. We're sitting on my couch, so I feel like the the people on YouTube that do their podcast with YouTube, and then they sit on a couch, and they're all like, you know, they have drinks or something, and they're just staring at each other. It's like usually I stare at you from a screen, so this is this is obscure to me. But we have, we've done two other ones last summer, but we're trying a new setup. And uh, hopefully it sounds all right. We we spent more time than we're proud to admit trying to figure out how to bus, <laughs> bus set it up. But we, we persevere nonetheless. Yeah, like always. Yeah. So Paul was actually here, came to Indy. He was kind enough while he was back in Ohio, which was what, eight and a half hours or nine? To get eight and a half. Eight and a half. And then after, what, a week and a half there, decided. Not even. Just like nine days? Yeah. Drive. So basically a week and a half decide to drive to so a week uh, and two days you got there on thursday didn't you and then you came here on a sunday friday saturday sunday i got there like thursday evening don't don't start splitting hairs with me okay. anyway so yeah we're uh kind enough to drive four and a half hours out here made incredible time doing speeds that you probably shouldn't know <laughs> yeah stopped and still saved about 15 minutes <laughs> from what the i don't know how you did it but anyway no it's it's good to be back in person we played catch yesterday and i took a picture of you with your caption yeah and i'm just i'm fat and out of shape <laughs> i'm fat and i'm sweaty holy shit <laughs> and uh yeah that was something we haven't i haven't played catch in a while but we're we're out of shape it was yeah, still fun very out of shape doesn't mean we're not in shape to talk about baseball though. <laughs> which thanks to everybody's patience although the Twitter thing, I was surprised how many people, when we asked if we should just punt the Detroit and Yankees series, um, how many people, it was almost, it was 55-45 or 54-46 in favor of punting on hearing about the Yankees and Tigers because it was just complete pain. But uh, I fully expected everyone to be like, no, we want an episode. See, I thought it was the opposite. Because I was like, I think we should still do it. We've never missed one. And you're like, dude, I don't think people care. Let's just punt it and move on. I figured it'd be like 80-20 people like, fuck it. Who yeah. cares? Like, just just wait. And like, just- with me being back home on, on leave, visiting family, and uh, just timing didn't line up, so... Plus, no one wants to hear about the shitty week that they had. Yeah, it was pretty It was pretty bad. But, uh, but yeah, no, we're... We are here to talk about the Royals and catch up on a lot of stuff. We have a decent amount of hot topics. I think the first one, just to get into it, because it doesn't it feel weird doing this in person. Yeah, yeah. I'm like talking, and I'm like, this feels really weird. I, yeah, I should probably I find myself still staring at my computer screen with my notes in front of it, just uncomfortable. Just yeah, like, like <laughs> this is what I'm used to. It's just talking to a computer. I know. Instead I f- of 
I feel like I'm speaking. Well, because we're sitting next to each other, not across from each other, so we don't really we're not really looking at each other. Yeah, I think that doesn't help either. And it's just weird to like stare up. Yeah, it's it's strange, <laughs> but that's all right. That's that's all right. It's a work in progress. Maybe a few years down the line, it would always be in person, and we'd get a crazy setup. But yeah, it's it's strange. So anyway, the first one I think we need to talk about is the All Star Game voting. And it saved everybody if we would have done that episode on Thursday from hearing about an update in voting and going on. At least now we know what the rosters are and we can go through it. So uh, quickly, the starters from the American League, Alejandro Kirk um, for catcher, who's just been having an out-of-body experience for Toronto. Vladdy uh, at first base, also from Toronto, obviously. Jose Altuve at second base, which I know everybody was disappointed that it wasn't Jimenez uh, starting, but... Jose's been on a, well, Tuve rather, has been on a tear. Um, Tim Anderson at short. Yeah, the defense sucks, but uh, statistically from like an offensive standpoint, he's uh, he's something. And then Devers beat out Jose at third base, which you and I were talking about. I mean, Jose, he didn't take the last month off, but he wasn't Jose. Yeah, the thumb, I think, was affecting him more than he was letting on. And then on top of that... It's probably for the best that he didn't start because he might not. He's not probably going to get as much playing time, so it gives him more time to heal up. Yeah, and I mean Devers. It was always close, even though Jose through the first two months, I would say, edged him out. You know, Devers never let up. So I mean, you know, congrats to him for being the starter. Aaron Judge, who could be the MVP and likely will be, uh, depending on he how he actually won. He was the number one vote getter for the AL, so he was a for sure starter. Yeah, he was a lock. Mike Trout, because Mike Trout, Giancarlo Stanton um, in the outfield, he's still been having a hell of a year. Um, I haven't dug enough into the stats, and I don't want to spend that much time on it, but I feel like maybe I could see him being on the team, but starter as the third outfielder, maybe a little surprising, even though he's having a great year. Mm. And then Shohei Otani. Out of, I mean, we can talk about it later. We'll get into okay, it later. Shohei Otani DHing, which... This is tough because, like, you've got to have Shohei in the All-Star game. I just don't know how you wouldn't. But at the same time, Jordan Alvarez, like, a true DH should absolutely start this game. Um, it, I mean, he's a true DH and is having a fucking crazy yeah, year. Yeah, and Shohei got selected as a pitcher, so he's going to be there either way. So in that case, it's kind of like he should be a reserve, honestly, for the dh position yeah. because just dh to dh straight up uh jordan alvarez should should be the dh um over i said dh about a million times there so justin verlander coming off tommy john starting pitcher alex manoa having a great year martin perez with the rangers having a season that nobody saw coming if he did uh play the lottery more i guess I, he wasn't on my radar shane mcclanahan following up last year and showing that the rays continue to make people in a lab Framber Valdez, uh, Paul Blackburn, Garrett Cole, Shohei, Nestor Cortez Jr., who kind of the same thing um, with, I wouldn't say Nestor came out of nowhere, but I mean, kind of to the dominance yeah. he's had, just if we're not lying. And then the, you want to hit the reserve infielders? Uh, yeah, so reserve infielders, Jose Trevino, um, and then Jose Ramirez, Miggy, Xander Bogarts, Luis Arise, and Andres Jimenez edged it in. Ayo. Wow. And then reserve outfielders. And then we got George Springer, Brian, Byron Bruxton, Andrew Benintendi, Kyle Tucker, Jordan Alvarez, and Julio Rodriguez. Mm. All making it in. And so what I was going to get at is who out of the reserve do you think 
deserves to get in more than Giancarlo Stanton. Now, I guess that's a good point. Um, I'd have to look at the stats, but I know Kyle Tucker is like sneaky. Like, whew, he is sneaky, sneaky, real, real good. Um, and I'd have to look at like their war and just the count, you know, the stats and stuff. But um, yeah, I don't, I don't, I guess like that's a good point as well. If he's in and nobody else is, then tell me who it should be. Yeah. Um, I would say Kyle Tucker off the top of my head, but I'd, I'd have to look into it. So, uh, and then relief pitchers, uh, Clay Holmes, uh, Gregory Soto, Jorge Lopez, and our boy, Emmanuel Classe, who's yep. fucking goaded. I'm going to come. So 3.4 war for Tucker. 14 stolen bases this year from Tucker. Woo. 59 RBI, 259. 17 home runs, and then what is it, Stanton? So yeah, remember that. Giancarlo. Stanton has... You can compare the two. Uh, I know, but I don't want to... So 1.3 war, 22 home runs, 236 batting average, zero stolen bases, 50... Yeah, so it absolutely should have been Kyle Tucker. Yeah. He literally has 14 more stolen bases because uh, Giancarlo hasn't stolen any. He's got more RBI. He's got more runs. He's batting 30, 20, 30 points higher. <laughs> He just has five more home runs, and he but plays on the Yankees. All the All Star Game is a popularity contest. Yep. So. And this is my—I don't—I wouldn't say annual statement, but I guess it's my—if I haven't put it out there in the world yet, I want to make sure I do statement that the All Star thing is nothing more than like something fun. If they were going to do something like that, it should absolutely—like it's on a baseball reference page, and that's fine. But it means nothing. You're good for yeah. half a season. It's a popularity contest. It's it's not There's no way to do it at the end of the season cuz I thought about yeah. like how you could do that, but then you have players in the in the postseason and you don't want to do it in like November and people won't give a shit. I don't know how you do it, but it's almost like we should have the All-Star game for fun and then do like a I guess they do, do they do they do like an all-team don't they do like they, yeah all, they vote people for the all like an all, that should be like when we consider accolades i don't feel like that all team kind of yeah carries anywhere near the weight it should relative to like the all-star we're like oh well they were an all-star it's like that really doesn't like if we're just being honest doesn't mean much yeah so and i guess well now would be a good point to pull out a uh, point out that this is the first year that uh they have the commissioner being able to select two uh, legacy players to the all-star game so uh obviously in the national league or american league it was miguel cabrera uh, which we talked about and then in the national league it is albert Pujols. yep so i think this is a great addition to have um because towards the end of your career obviously you're not putting up the numbers that you have your entire career so uh but you still deserve to get recognized so i think this is super cool yeah i mean this is Pujols' last year one of the greatest hitters ever like top five and Every time I think I know his stats and how good he is, I go look at him and I'm like, holy shit, yeah. <laughs> you're so good. But I will say, at first I thought, cool, pull Holson, you know, Miggy, awesome. But Miggy's not retiring after this year. So I don't know that I really like that one. Because- I think Miggy is retiring. No, he's not. He? He's got another year on his contract, straight up. Yeah, I mean, I'm that almost- doesn't mean shit. Yeah, but I don't think he said like we know Miggy and uh, no, what's Pujols and, and, and Molina and Molina. Sorry, Pujols and Molina that they are both retiring. My only thing is that uh, Miggy last year said that he wouldn't retire until Yadier and Molina retired. Yeah. And they were going to retire together. 
Yeah, I mean, from what I understand, Miggy will at least be here next year as well because he's got that on that contract with uh, with uh, Detroit, that crazy contract, which yeah. he earned before he signed it. And then since he signed it, it's not been great. But um, I know people said like Ty France from the Mariners has been like the best first baseman in baseball. And uh, he got absolutely robbed. Like, he's not even a reserve. And so it's kind of tough when if Miggy doesn't retire, which I really don't think is on the table, that's kind of BS that, you know, you want some old names and stuff. But I get pull holes. But if Miggy's not retiring, should be able to manually select. I, <laughs> I don't know. I really do think I remember seeing a statement saying he was retiring. Yeah. I, I don't think so. I don't know. He's got another year. and Not that he's worried about money, but it is what it is. Um, I won't go as in-depth in National League, and I almost don't want to, but I'll just go over the starters at least. Wilson Contreras at catcher. Paul Goldschmidt at first base. Jazz Chisholm Jr. at second. Trey Turner at shortstop. Manny Machado at third. Ronald Acuna Jr. Uh, outfield. Mookie Betts. I said Poppy. Can he play? Can this guy play? Uh, he's in the outfield as well. Jock Peterson. Bryce Harper at DH. Uh, which Bryce Harper's thumb's still broken, right? Yeah. So did he just he's in, but obviously he's not going to play at all, right? Yeah. So I wonder who they'll pick. And then uh, starting, I pit- think there was something saying that they did pick somebody else other than Bryce Harper because okay. I think Bryce Harper, yeah, he can't opted out. Yeah, he can't. So then starting pitcher Sandy Alcantara, uh, who is best pitcher in baseball this year. It's not close. Tony Gonsolin, Clayton Kershaw, Corbin Burns, Luis Castillo, Max Fried, Joe Musgrove. Um, yeah. And then I'll just say some other names of note that are reserve infielders. Uh, Arenado, Alonzo, uh, Pujols, obviously. And then outfielders, Soto, Schwarber, Marte and Hap. I'm surprised Schwarber didn't get in on the DH. Well, I guess Harper DH yeah, I mean, is more than Schwarber does. Well, that and Bryce Harper versus Schwarber, just you know what I mean. And yeah, I forgot that he's that Harper's been DHing more than since he got hurt, and Kyle Schwarber's been playing more outfield. Yeah, and then Josh Hader for the relief pitchers, not not surprising. So yeah, it should be a good game, but just keep in mind it's more of a popularity contest than anything, and. It does The American League has less relief pitchers and more outfielders than the National League. Really? Four? Wow, we do. Yeah. And the National League has more infielders. God, if it goes extra innings, holy shit. We're going to get cooked. That's terrible, yeah. terrible management. Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six. One, yeah, I two, count six. Three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Oh, starting one, pitchers? two, three, four, five, and then the National League only has so the American League has nine starting pitchers, and the National League only has eight starting pitchers. So. I count seven. So oh, yeah, seven. What the hell? So it's all weird. It's all yeah. I have weird. no idea, yeah. but it's an exhibition game at best. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, another thing, to touch on because we've been consistent is uh, fine. This is the final City Connect jersey, yeah, right? This, this year is the Padres one. And this is the first one that I'm like, okay, yep, this is heat. Yeah. First time I saw it, I was like... I, I'm going to say the same thing I told you when we talked about it earlier, like my first got here, is this should have been Miami's City Connect jerseys. And I agree with that. When I see it, I'm like, that kind of... I don't say it ruined it for me, but it kind of does knock it down a little bit because I, you're right. I'm like, this probably should have been Miami's Yeah, it's like this whole vibe puts off Miami. But, it reminds me of like the Heat's Miami Knights jerseys. Have you ever seen those? You'll have to pull it up for me. Uh, I, I feel like I have, but I'd have to see it again. 
People said it looks like 1990s Taco Bell. Um, can't disagree with that. But this is one that finally... Yeah, see, Miami's more like that pink and blue. Yeah. And so I, I I see the Cali in here. I do see the Cali with the like the green yeah. and that uh, almost like a turquoise. That's that's more... It's kind of Cali in, in the yellow. But like, look at the similarities. There's that. Like... No, I get it. Pull up the pull up the Marlins City Connect jerseys. Miami City Connect jerseys. Yeah, pull those up. I want to see them. I guess the more I think about it, yeah, those were okay. Yeah, they should have been like louder, but mm. but they also use some pink and blue yeah. in their normal jersey, so that's kind of hard. But I, the more I look at it, and then you show, I I see more Cali than Miami. I kind of wish they did something with the pants a little bit, but. I, I give these like eight and a half, eight point seven five. I'd I w- give them like an eight. I would give. I was gonna go almost nine, and then I saw them on field, and I actually didn't like them. I still liked them. I didn't like them as much as I liked them in the picture. Well, which I showed you the, the. I showed you the picture of the catcher's gear that they wore with it. The catcher's gear, like on top of it, yeah, made it way cooler. All hot pink. Yeah, it was a lot. And then the helmet had the little like turquoise teal green in it mm-hmm. with the pink fire but just in general this feels like what a city connect jersey should be and it's not always going to be that easy because crazy cali whatever colors Mm. and and vibes and 1990s taco bell i uh when i showed taylor these i or or they came on or something i was like yeah don't they kind of look they kind of remind me of um you know the office water cups or whatever that every with that blue it's like that but on a on a jersey so yeah it's it's one that is that the first one this year? Well, I came around on the Nationals. I mean, I've liked several of them. You liked Houston's. Yeah, I've liked several of them, but I think this is the first one where I'm like, that is a City Connect jersey. I can see it. Yeah. And uh, although the, the Nationals one was also sweet, this one really connects it, I think, even more. Yeah. Um, and then another thing that was just cool that came out, um, won't spend much time on, is uh, talking baseball, even though it was going around baseball twitter uh had tweeted out this cool graphic and it was uh, announcing that the 2023 world baseball classic is going to take place march 8th through the 21st in miami phoenix tokyo and is it taichung yeah i don't feel like i'm saying that correctly but world baseball classic is awesome i mean it's our it's the chance at the olympics but better than the olympics because the pros will actually play in it we're gonna everyone's gonna get cooked by the dr yeah, everybody's going to get cooked, absolutely. Um, <laughs> the Dominican Republic's going to just eat everyone's bowl. But first round, um, looks like Chinese uh, Taipei. Uh, I'm yeah. sorry if I'm botching that. That's Taipei. Uh, Netherlands, Cuba, Italy. Um, and, and then there's a qualifier team getting y- in. Yeah, that's Pool A. So, you, I mean, Cuba is going to blow some backs out. And then Pool B, Japan, Korea, uh, Australia, China, qualifier team two. That's going to be Korea, I would have to think, if not... Or Japan. Japan. Or Japan, but I'd probably guess Korea, just because of how organized they play. Yeah. I mean, Japan has a really organized league, too. Yeah. Well, I just think about, like, the KBO, but yeah, I guess you're right. Uh, for, and then on the other side, Pool C, USA, Mexico, Colombia, Canada. So that, that'll be good. And then Pool D, Puerto Rico, Venezuela, Dominican Republic, uh, Israel, and Qualifier Team. Put my four. money all on Israel. Yeah, <laughs> don't go gambling with Paul in case. Uh, no, but Puerto Rico and the DR—that's that—that—that's probably going to be good. Um, 
I'm I'm curious to see if you'll see people like Yachty playing for Puerto Rico, like these older players. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So it's interesting. It's definitely exciting. I'm 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 pumped because the USA won the last one, right? Oh, uh, I actually don't remember. I think we did. Um, <sighs> Excuse me. Because it came down to I think Puerto Rico and the U.S. And I think we won. I can't remember if we walked it off or if Puerto Rico walked it off. For some reason, Lindor standing out in my mind. Who won the last World Baseball class? What was it? Twenty? Yeah, we won. Wow, we won eight nothing in twenty seventeen. Won the tournament for the first time. Is this supposed to be every? They took a we're a year late, aren't we? Because yeah, of, because of COVID. Yeah. So is it every five years? I thought it was every four. It's just way late because of COVID. Yeah. Shit. Either way, March twenty twenty three. How's that for a warm up before? Um, I'm surprised they're going to be playing that then. That will get in the way of that'll get in the way of spring training for guys. Yeah, that's kind of surprising. Don't they usually play it in like? Didn't they usually play it in like January? I don't know. It looks roughly like it's supposed to be every four yeah, years. Yeah, it's supposed to be every four years. Yeah. Anyway. So, yeah, that'll kind of interfere. That'll interfere. I mean, shit, the season usually starts at the very end of March. So there's like a a week there. And I don't know if the guys are going to take that to be like spring training or. Well, so you have. Because what's awesome about this for those that maybe haven't seen it before is like. Beginning of March is. The pros actually play in this. Yeah. So that's what's cool. Huh. Yeah, it's all in the beginning of March. And it goes to the middle slash end of march yeah so i mean it's i don't it's got to be mean, i mean you're playing you're playing organized competitive baseball so it's got to be more than spring training when you yeah. think about the level of competition so who knows anyway so yeah just something cool good for baseball um and then kind of want to just talk about the team in general a little bit and so I wanted to, we're not going to go through last week's recap stuff or the games, but there were a few notes or just kind of housekeeping transactions that I think we should still touch on. Uh, one of them was from game one of the Yankees, which was what, last last Friday? No, last Friday at this point, right? Two Fridays. Yeah, two Fridays ago. Um, <sighs> you know, we recalled Gabriel Arias from AAA. We uh, recalled Kirk McCarty from AAA for the twenty to be the twenty seventh man because that was actually and ended up being Saturday because of the rain out. Yep. We took James Karinchek off the sixty day IL and optioned him to AAA at that time. We put Oscar Gonzalez on the ten day IL and then we ended up designating designated uh, Tobias Myers for assignment. That was another one of the use and abuse you things yeah, that we kind of. I had. think he got Tobias Myers got picked up by. The Orioles? Orioles? I think that was I in our Guardians you news. Keep, you keep talking. I got it. I think it's right here at the end. Let's see. I thought I put it right in here. No, we uh, ended up trading him to the Giants for cash. The Giants. Yep. That's who it was. So He was 1-9 with an ERA of 6 in Columbus this year. Ooh. So like we said, we were using and abusing some guys, and he was part of that. But just uh, some transaction updates. So, yeah, there's a lot there. And then we all kind of wondered. We knew that uh, Oscar Gonzalez got late scratched the one game for some tightness of some sort, or I can't remember. Abdominal tightness. That's what it was. And Mandy Bell later that day on Saturday said that, uh, well, Tito said OG's MRI revealed some swelling near his ribs, and he'll be shut down for about a week. So that happened. 
And then game three, the Yankees, so that was Sunday. That's the game you went That's to. That's the game I went to. It was hot as fuck. Yeah. But you had, you had a blast with your dad. I did. I caught a foul ball and I gave it to a kid. Ayo. Um, so Zach Meisel said that Gabriel Arias would be batting third and starting at third base that day. And James Karinchak had a locker in the Guardians clubhouse as well. So this was pregame because we didn't know if Arias was going to go back down. We didn't know if, uh, I think at that time, if Jose might go to the IL. Yeah. And then, you know, this is James pre- Karinchak actually caught the first pitch. What, for whoever threw it out? Yeah. Oh, nice. Fun fact. And so we ahead of time we're like, okay, well, more moves are coming. And so then, you know, a couple hours, hour goes by. And then the official Guardians tweet out that we had recalled Karen Check from AAA, obviously. We placed Anthony Ghost on the 15 day IL with a strained left tricep. So that sucks. And I think it's going to be more than 15 days from just the general kind of vibe as he can yeah. be out for weeks. Um, we selected the contract of Alex Young from AAA. Um, and then we optioned Anthony Castro down to AAA again. And then we designated Kirk McCarty for assignment, which yep. we kind of said that in the last episode that wonder if that's kind of what we were going to do. Cause let's just quit fooling, uh, let's stop lying to ourselves, kind of yeah. career AAA guy and just not it. So we used and abused him. And then uh, the middle end of this game, and I blamed you, I texted you, I, uh, we learned that the Guardians have claimed Oscar Mercado off of waivers from the Phillies and that we DFA'd Johan Ramirez uh, to make room for Mercado on the 40-man and that Mercado would join the Guardians in Detroit. Yeah, this came on the screen while I was at the game. Like, they put it on the Jumbotron, which I was on the Jumbotron like four times. It was pretty cool. Hey, Me and my dad were sitting there like, oh, hey, look, it's us. And... Um, they actually put this on the Jumbotron, uh, like, during the game. And my dad looked at me. He's like, are you fucking kidding me? Was there a groan? Like, did, I'm surprised <laughs> the whole state of you didn't hear. <sighs> Exhale. So, I, and it's been, what, now, a week and a half, so I can't yeah. keep it all straight. But at this time, we didn't know if, you know, with OG going down, we didn't know if we would uh, see Arius maybe go back down. And then bring up Nolan Jones and let him play the outfield. We didn't know if they might finally call up Alex Call or Will Benson or Will Brennan. Like, some do something. Nope. Yeah. Instead, you get fucking Oscar Mercado and you're going to like it. <laughs> so, yeah, I blame Paul, even though he didn't do anything. So It's uh, okay. You guys can all blame me for the bad stuff. But the impo- I'll, I'll bear that cross. <laughs> the important part of this, though, is even though it's frustrating, is they wanted a right-handed outfield bat in the lineup. And we literally didn't have one with Oscar Gonzalez going to the IL. And so as soon as he comes back, seems like everybody just agrees that we will DFA Oscar again as soon as he comes back. Is Miles Straw left-handed? He is right-handed. I think they wanted like a power bat of sorts. They got Mercado? Yeah. Or actually, let me put it this way. Because I'm, I'm trying to remember it all on the fly and went through about a million transactions there. Is the fact that Straw is right-handed, but you have Quan is left-handed, Palacios is left-handed. If you were to call up Nolan Jones at this time, he's left-handed. Uh, Will Benson is left-handed. Yeah. Will Brennan is left-handed. But, and I know Quincy, if he listens to this, will appreciate it, Alex Call is right-handed. So why not call up Alex Call and... You know, let the stud kid with like a high 800s OPS get his shot instead of, 
you know, Mercado. Because uh, I don't think Alex Call has been called up at all yet. He has he, his service star time hasn't started. It hasn't. And someone said, well, you'd have to make room on the 40 man. But my immediate argument to that is if we can make fucking room for Oscar Mercado on the 40 man, yeah. you can make, you know, we made a move that if you don't pick Oscar back up, you just bring Alex Call up. Conversely, you could also say, well, how are you going to get him regular at bats? Because the plan is to DFA Mercado. Yeah. Nobody said that, but we know it's what's going to happen. As soon as Oscar Gonzalez comes back, then Mercado will get DFA'd. Whereas, do you really want to call Alex Call up to, as soon as OG gets back to send him down? You know, it, that, that gets tough, but it's still just frustrating nonetheless. Um, and I guess when I think about it that way, I get it a little bit more. I'm just going to refer back to what I say all the time is that these people know more about this stuff than I do. Yeah. So it still just sucks. But, um, and then, Against the Tigers, which was on a Monday, uh, we learned that uh, before the game, or I'm sorry, this is after the game, because Josh Neither got lifted. He tried to stay in mid at bat. They let him. I think he walked. Yeah. And then, because he, he grabbed at his back middle of this at well, bat. Well, he, he like, he uh, took a pitch, but he, he like uh, back loaded and like came out. And you could tell he tweaked something in his back. And, uh, and then the next pitch was ball four, and then he walked, and he just went straight to the dugout. Yeah. Well, I thought he tried to go down to first, and then Tito said, no, get get your ass back in the dugout. I'm not sure, but we learned it was back spasms, which is not a good thing. I mean, his issue already is his leg, and then you add back spasms and just Naylor. I'm just sad because he's so good. Um and Cleveland Stats at CLE underscore stats uh, after this game also tweeted out, because Zach Plesak pitched this one, that at seven consecutive games, Zach Plesak has the third longest active streak in MLB of starts with six innings plus and three earned runs or fewer. So Zach Plesak's real good. Yeah, he's he's been on a tear. And then something else that was... I want all you Zach Plesak haters to just slob my knob. Oh, Jesus. Uh, that... Well, I'm not going to slap it up, <laughs> although he is pitching real well, and I'm happy to see it. So, and then after the third game of Detroit, uh, obviously it did not go well. We ended up getting four game, you know, sweep. Is that Tom Withers tweeted out that we had dropped 11 of our last 15 at that point? Uh, so that would have been on when Tuesday, yeah. on Tuesday after game two, uh, we had dropped 11 of 15 at that point, and that our solid road trip seemed like ages ago. And holy shit, it did. Yeah. And I, I will say the only good news and going up through even this series against uh, Kansas City that we'll talk about is that Minnesota didn't play well either. Yeah. It just sucks too because we'll start talking about the wild card now that we're usually we'd wait till the all star break, but because of the because of the lockout, it pushed it back later. We're halfway through the season, so we'll start paying attention. Is if you look the like the, the number two and number three teams in the wild card. Uh, right now in the AL, they lost like four in a row each. And it's like, you're not going to win the wild card in fucking July. But at the same time, if you even play not like dog shit, you're, yeah. we could be like a game or two out versus what are we, four and a half, four, whatever it is. And that's how it goes sometimes, but <sighs> it sucks. And then uh, after the fourth game against the Tigers on what would be Wednesday, um, PJ Ziegler tweeted out, that uh, you know we'd been swept in Detroit for the first time since August of 1986. <laughs> that is not a good stat. So it had literally been that's crazy. 36 years, just not not good. Longer than 36. So with that being said, just kind of talking about the team, I guess in general. Um, 
I don't know. It's it's been a frustrating run. Uh, I think you and I talked about it uh, yesterday or at some point that this is uncharacteristic for Tito teams to go on these losing streaks. What Tito's really good at and what we've seen is there's going to be peaks and valleys in a season. Doesn't matter how good you are, whatever. But you know Tito's teams are always very consistent, and you don't see us lose. Was wasn't it just last season where we were one of the last teams to get, to swept, get swept or something? Yeah, and I maybe it was the year before. I don't know if it was even when we had started the podcast yet, but maybe it was twenty 2020 twenty or twenty nineteen. Just obscure fact, you know, we had had like some of the fewest three fewest losing streaks above three games, and yeah. like just something crazy. Like it, just the the good teams don't lose get into pits like this and we've probably had what two at least two maybe three losing yeah. streaks of five games already and that's how you bury yourself that's how you know it's one thing to lose you know five of t- five of you know eight or I, I don't know however you want to cut it but just we're getting into these bad holes and that's how you really fall out of division races out of wild card i mean you're just over the long run you can't outrun stuff like that i mean even if but i'm gonna say the same thing i said i've been saying all years like no one expected us to be a good team this year yeah if you would have told me like going in halfway through the year we'd be sitting around 500 Mm -hmm. i would have been happy with that yeah that's like yeah it sucks because this stretch is bad we've had good stretches we've had bad stretches but like it's easy to break the season down into – I mean, the only way you can break it down is into little snapshots because it's hard to get a grand picture of something halfway through. Yeah. Um, but – Yeah, because we're only halfway through. There's a whole – And you know, halfway half. through the season, we're sitting at right around 500. Yeah, game below. So, like, honestly – Yes, it's frustrating because we could be doing a lot better than we are right now. Mm-hmm. But realistically, we're still overperforming than what everyone thought we were going to. So, like, you should still be happy because these kids that we're playing out here are performing. And our prospects are looking like we're going to be competitive in the next couple years. Yeah. And that's super exciting. And, you like, yes, it sucks, but no one... No one expects to compete this year. Yeah, we're still figuring it out and stuff. And, um, like, you just have to, sometimes you have to reel it back and, like, figure out your expectations. And, like, yeah, you can have unrealistic expectations of we can compete for this division. But let's be honest. If even if we win this division or get into the playoffs, oh, no, we're not built for, we're not, we can't do anything against, the AL East, period. Yeah. You know what I mean? God. Lord shine your light on me. He yeah. Me. So, uh, like it, it's we play in a weak division, um, and right now we're still just figuring everything out. So, it, it's everyone gets super negative very easily. It's it's easy to be super down on players and super down on a team when they're not performing well. But then you have to take everything as it's thrown to you. Mm-hmm. Um, and just realize we're sitting at 500. Yeah, just under, but I know what you mean. You I'm know not what I mean? Like, you know, I think what's frustrating is like, 
it's not so much the record because you're right. I said it was a 78 win to 80 win team or whatever. And, you know, I think you said 85, but like we never really expected to push for the division or anything like that. Maybe a third wild card. It's it's more frustrating how we're losing. I think that's what I, I was going to get into stats and recap June. I just I don't want to I, I don't want to do that as we talk. I think this is more productive conversation is that like what's more frustrating is say we lost the same amount of games, right? Like we're one, we're what eight. We've lost eight of our last 10. I think even if we did that, but we showed life, we lost some games by, yeah. you know what I mean? Like your bullpen blows yeah, a couple. The losses have been bad losses. That they're terrible. That's what makes it so brutal. But then think about it. Like go back a month, two months, right? We've had some incredible wins too. Oh yeah, I mean basically we should be one and we should be like we're 6 and 5 against Minnesota right now. I'm looking at baseball reference and we should probably be like 2 and yeah, what 2 and 9 against some them. Incredible wins this season as well. So probably all kind I mean you that's have, you have to take the good with the bad. Oh. You this uh, season's not going to be all highs. There's going to be lows. Yeah. And that's just what we're experiencing now and that's just excuse me, the point of the season we're at, and it sucks, and it's not fun to watch, and it's a grind, but that's baseball. Like, yeah, one and six against the against the Tigers and Royals this, yeah. this week. We, and that's something that Cleveland has always done. We play well against very good teams, or against good teams, and we just don't beat the teams we're supposed to. Well, I don't know that I agree with that because we did literally win how many games in a row against Detroit? Oh, like 23. yeah. But, like, think about it. Last I mean, the year, best teams beat who they're supposed to and yeah. go 500, like we said. It just sucks because, like, we're 4-1 and one against the White Sox, which that series starts tonight. You know, 3-0 and oh against Colorado. We're 2-7 and seven against Detroit. Doesn't mean we have to be 9-0, and oh, but, like, even if you just split that, and coulda, shoulda, woulda with baseball, right? But six and four against the Royals, and that's the best thing about baseball. Yeah, the best team is gonna lose sixty plus games, and the worst team's gonna win sixty plus games. Like you never know what's going to happen. Wait, what? Sixty plus? What are you talking about? The worst team's gonna win sixty plus games. The worst team's gonna win sixty games, okay, or more. Gotcha. And the best team's gonna lose sixty. Oh games yeah, sorry, or more. I I heard you that. You know what wrong. I mean? Yeah, like. It's yeah. That's what makes baseball the regular season of baseball beautiful is that anyone can win on any given night. Yeah, absolutely. I always say that about baseball. It's just these ones are just painful. It's not like ah oh, shit. It just didn't go our way. Like you know, man, that you win some, you lose some. But yeah, we're, when things go bad, it's in, bad with this when team. When things right go now. baseball, or when things go bad in baseball. Nothing goes your way. Literally nothing. As a hitter, as a team, everything. Yeah. And I mean, we are the young. We're literally younger than any AAA team, which is just the most absurd fact I think yeah. I've ever heard in baseball. Besides Barry Bonds, like Baseball Reference page, that's and, probably uh, Bryce Harper's 2015 season. Yeah, we were watching some foolish uh, <laughs> baseball bit uh, videos today, and Bryce Harper's 2015 broken down is absurd uh but so that's where that came from but uh no it's just the way we've been losing and just 
for me, it's just a mixture of a lot of things. And, and when things are bad, like you said, it gets real bad because it's not just the starting pitching sucking right now. It's not just, oh, the bullpen. It's not just the – it's a little bit of, like, everything on top of, you know, some questionable calls from Tito at times. And, and like, there's just nothing to really point to. Plus, I think the absolute worst part of it all is the energy level that we've brought is like absolutely lethargic. It looks like we're on our last, like on our like deathbed, basically. It we're just rolling over against all these people. The exception was yeah. Saturday, which I could have sworn I was like, that's what we needed. We both looked at each other and we're like, oh shit, this is the one. This is the game that gets us back on track. You just get all that pissed off, angry, bottled up, like beat the shit out of yeah, the yeah, just beat everybody up and then deep breath clear our heads let's get back to you know being the team that we know we are but that didn't happen yesterday either and it's just like holy shit man it's just that's where i think so much frustration comes there's just not one thing and hey how jose goes is how the offense goes and it looks like he's starting to come back you know the last couple days and then we haven't had our spark plug josh naylor has been in and out, but, yeah. and he just needs to go to the IL. You're going to hear like, us talk about it because uh, Nolan Jones get called up, gets called up, and which finally, holy the shit, the dude just and uh, I think Quincy actually tweeted it out uh, that Karen Check was a real big reason as to why he got called up and why he was still like in the position to. Oh, I don't think I saw that. What was it about? I showed it to you when he, when uh, Nolan Jones had to get the back surgery. And Karen Check was like sitting there, like because Nolan Jones got super lethargic and was like down on himself. Yeah. And Karen Check was like, "No, dude, you got this." Yeah. Like go off, King. Yeah. And he's a big boy. First thing I said when I saw him, I was like, I, man, "You're big. You're bigger than." I guess I remember or thought I was yeah. just like, and I, I, it was big boy. He's good to see. He's a breath of fresh air. Honestly. And that's what this team. And I think that's where some of the frustration too with some of the call ups. Or wanting something to happen, where that frustration came, because we thought we would see him. Because uh, Arius also gets—I don't think that's in the notes anywhere. Arius also gets sent uh, Back down, down, which he needed to. Tito put him in like a impossible situation, and people say, "Well, he doesn't have anything else to prove." You know, he's in trip. He's been in Triple A. He's been killing it. He just came back from an injury. He's literally yeah. been sucking you ass. Could've, you could have instead of bringing Arias up, you could have brought up Nolan Jones and had him play third base. Yeah, but even just like he's been sucking ass, came back from an injury, and then you call him up against the Yankees and you stick him in the three hole because Jose got the day off. Like, yeah, you put him in the worst. Me and my dad looked at each other at the game and we went, "Why is Arias?" In the fucking three hole, yeah. Like put him at like seven or eight, just something to relax. He's already, but like think about it, right? If Jose's out, who you put in the three hole right now? Uh, uh, yeah, it's tough because he's always there. I, like a uh, a uh, uh, Naylor, yeah, Jimenez. I like that wasn't playing that game. Oh yeah, Jimenez should be at the two over Ahmed, like. It makes me want to put die. Ahmed at the three and Jimenez at the two. No, I don't want him there. I just uh, wanted to get that out there, even though everybody already knows that. Put Owen Miller at the three. No, I know that's our problem. Is the lineup fucking everybody sucks right now? Basically, yeah, I don't know, but not Arias. I guess I Jimenez. I guess yeah. You know what I mean? Like there, like I see why it happened because there's no like great answer. Like uh, obviously, you don't want a rookie coming up and putting the three hole. But at the same time, like there's, 
it's the it was the easiest thing for Tito to do without messing up everyone else's rhythm. Yeah. Oh, it, it was. And listen, that is not why we lost. That's I'm just you know when a side won that game. Oh yeah, we did win. I'm just saying that's not. That's the least of our worries. Yeah. That was just kind of a area struck out three times, but yeah, and just didn't look great. But you know, we thought that we would then see Nolan Jones in Detroit, and we didn't get that because yeah. we're just like we need fresh blood so badly, something to get this team going. Then we get swept by Detroit four games, which holy fucking shit! And then you know we finally yeah, get the I fresh to blood. Take a bath with Alex's toaster. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's just. It's just been a lot. It's been frustrating, but this is, you are going to have peaks and valleys with literally the team that is younger than any AAA team. Yeah. That is like such an absurd like, fact. Everyone gets super down on this team. And then, like, I feel like I'm always the voice of reason. Yeah. Where I'm like, you like you have to realize, like, if you we scroll down here in our notes, right? Let me, hold on. I know. Keep on going there, Daddy. What are you looking for? It's not. It's not popping up. I was gonna look up the. I was gonna look at our the. What am I thinking of? The standings. Oh, for some reason. Oh, there it is. Now we're loading. What we're forty-one and forty-two. If you were told me halfway through the season we're gonna be forty-one and forty-two, a game below five hundred. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, you know that's what I mean. True. But what I also say, especially is, with us, be always Tito's teams always being a second half team. They get better with age, like a fine wine, yeah, or like a moldy cheese. Uh huh. Uh huh. Oh wee wee. A croissant. But uh, like, yes, we're on a skid right now. We're two and eight in our last ten, but. We play the White Sox well. We have three games coming up against them. Four. Four games coming up against them. Right? No. Through double. Do we we play eight games this week, don't we? Um, yeah. Eight. Four games yeah, against White Sox. Four. And then we run it back against Detroit. And we're at get, home, too. Get your get your summer body back. Get your swagger back against White Sox. Revenge with, body. With the White Sox. Mm-hmm. And then, like, like when you meet an ex-girlfriend out in town after you, like, you she broke up with you. You went to the gym. You got all big, and mm-hmm. then you meet her out in town. And she's like, "Oh my goodness, she looks so good." And you're like, "I know." And then you just walk away. That's what we're about to do to Detroit. Gotcha. Is there anything you want to talk to me about? <laughs> you need to That's get something funny. off your chest. <laughs> no, like it's, so less like a joke and more like pouring your soul out. But it's, it's all good. Man. No, we have the chance to run it back against Detroit and uh, you know fix the mistakes. Yeah, and, and like if we went 500 against if we go two and two against the White Sox, but then take three or four against you know Detroit or even get that you know sweep back yeah. against them, fine. You know what I mean. But we gotta back at home, get some energy. We got something to be excited about. Get your swagger back. Yeah, we. God, I thought that Saturday's blowout was gonna do it. Me too. God, we I said it as soon as we won. I said this is what this team needed. We're back, yeah. and then nope, nope. We let washed Zach Greinke come and get yeah. us, which he could still pitch. But he, he threw his fifty thousandth pitch against us. I just fifty thousand. Yeah, so that is a lot of pitches. five digits. That's that's a lot. Of, <laughs> that's a lot of pitches. Like holy shit, mid five digits. That's crazy. Yeah, halfway to six digits. That's fifty it. less, fifty thousand less than a hundred thousand. Yeah, ten thousand more than forty thousand. Forty nine thousand more than a thousand. <laughs> but no, it, it it's frustrating. We fucking suck right now. Uh, 
but it's a young team. Jose does look like he's actually getting right. He's been a menace. He had an amazing Saturday. A lot of guys did. But then even yesterday, single to start and then a stolen base. But just, you know, just be a menace. And, yeah. and if we can get him right and just put Naylor on the IL if he needs to be with, you know, that gives him what? Basically two weeks off yeah. at this point. Let Nolan Jones play first. Yeah. Which people say, but he doesn't play first. He never has. He's a third baseman. He can slot across the. I, I'm pretty That's, sure on. The, on MLB, it says that he's a third baseman slash first baseman. I don't think so. I think it's just third base outfield. I don't think he's played any first uh, base. But if you can play third base, the most natural position for you to slot over to is, first base. is literally first base. Yeah. You can play first base if you can play third. Yes, 100%. Yeah. I mean, that's... First base is the easiest position to play on a baseball field. Yeah. So, uh, I'm sure the kid can learn. It it can't be worse than letting Owen Miller play first base. Yeah. Like that is just look at him with his one point one dot position five. right fielder. Yeah, that's not true. <laughs> yeah, he's it, watching him play right field is tough. Yeah, it is. Tough. But if he does what he's supposed, I to. I think this is just major league stuff. It doesn't take into account minor league stuff. Um, Three twenty eight OPS plus, completely sustainable. Gonna probably break the record for <laughs> OPS plus. But he's he's fun to watch, and you can tell, God. especially the first game up, like the interviews he was doing and everything was like, I'm just excited to be here. My family, my family came to Kansas City to watch. You saw his family up in the stands, like with all they all had their phones out. Like yeah. only one of you need your phone out. Like, True. <laughs> but the, everyone was like recording, taking yeah. pictures, and he was sitting there. And uh, you can see he's like, I'm just excited to be here. Tristan McKenzie, because there was that really cool story oh. when, what? The Guardians are promoting Alex Call from AAA and Mercado's DFA. <laughs> Anything is possible! <laughs> yes! But, uh, so there was that story during the COVID season when T-Mac got called up. Do you remember that? When Dude, I'm so hyped. When You remember when Nolan Jones was sitting in the parking garage for T-Mac's first start? Because they were best friends in AAA. And T-Mac got called up first because the pitcher uh, pitcher's route to the majors is way easier than position players. But uh, Nolan Jones couldn't go to the game because of the COVID rules. So he went across the street to the parking garage. I remember and that. And sat there and watched. And the first person to greet Nolan Jones in Kansas City in the clubhouse was T-Mac. And after Nolan Jones first hit, the first person to greet him coming into the dugout, T-Mac. Yep. Like, stuff like how – and it's crazy with all the kids that we, like, have seen, like, come up this year so far, have all played together. Kwan's played with this guy. Um, who else? Palacios has played with this guy. T-Mac's played with this guy. Like, all these people that were down in AAA – Last year, the year before, have all played with Nolan Jones, so he knows everyone's first name. He knows everyone's last. Like he, he knows yeah, these, these are the people. boys. Like this is your boys. Get yeah, them up you know here. I mean? Yeah, we it's popping so off. Exciting watching him, and he's like, it, my this first game, I'm a take it all in, and then it's time to get to work. And then first at bat, triple down the line. Yep. Well, double it gets ruled a double, but it's a triple in my heart. And <laughs> yeah, you tell it everybody you can just suck your you can suck the, the scorekeeper score can, can suck, suck my nuts. <laughs> it's a triple in my heart, baby. Or slob on your knob. <laughs> but it's it's 
it's just so refreshing to see these kids come up here and just have fun because the they longer have been letting them the, come up, the longer you're in this league, the more it just becomes a job and you see it. And like the yeah. longer you're in this league, and that's what I like as much as I, I don't like Miggy, I love Miggy because mm-hmm. even though he's been playing major leagues for 20 years, mm-hmm. he still has fun out there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Same thing with Albert Pools, they still have fun. But you see people who go out there and like it's a job to them. And mm-hmm. it's like I've been here, I've been up here for four years. Like this isn't new. The amount of like this is something we're not professional ballplayers, obviously. But something that I know I have to stop and think about, and I try to like put myself in these these, you know, MLB player and even minor league player mindset, is yeah, you're getting paid holy shit money, right? You're playing a game that you love. You get to travel. You get to do all that stuff. But the amount of fucking work it takes to stay in shape, to stay on your grind, the sacrifice you make, like, yeah. every single day, you know. Well, think like, about it. Think, like, say we went to bed. Say a game's over. You shower, clubhouse, whatever. You get home, uh, back to the hotel, say midnight. You're wound up. You go to bed at 2 o'clock, right? You get up. So you got a day game the next day. You got to be at the ballpark by what? Probably 10 o'clock yeah. at the latest. So you got to be at the ballpark. You're there. You're hanging around. You're stretching. Maybe you're working out. Then you got, you know, a lot of waiting around. Then you got the game. And then you got three, you know, three, four hours of the game, whatever it may Game's be. Game's over at five. But then guess what? You have to travel that night. Yeah. Then we got to do all that. We got to get on the plane. We're flying across the country. You're getting into your hotel. And like... Doing that for these stretches but, of games of like eighteen games in like, and then what you have to take into account is all these players have done this through three levels of minor league ball at least, yeah, yeah. On top of their whole life being dedicated, like and playing, going through minor league baseball is torture. Yeah, the the grind of all grinds, and then you add in like that's just one year, right? The guys that have been around for 8, 9, 10, yeah. 15 years, the amount of like mental dedication to the routine and that just commitment it takes to perform at any like average That's above why that. baseball is unlike any other sport. Because, like, yes, basketball players play, what, 92 games? 82. 82 games, right? You there's not as much I go you you go shoot around be like three hours before the game and you sit in the clubhouse and you have to like work out and stuff. Football you have seventeen games a year and it's more physically demanding. Yeah, a lot. But more. it's a shorter season. Yeah, baseball is like the grind of all grinds. Yeah, it's a marathon. Holy crap! It's. And it's less per day, you know, but it's like that small yeah. chip away, chip we away. We played 18 games. Well, it was 18 games in 16 days. Yeah. And like when you really think about that, I don't know why I just stopped and I was just trying to envision like doing yeah. that and what that looks like and the preparation that goes into it. And I kind of like started thinking, doing that for more than like five years, like if you weren't super successful, one, the league might do do with you what they will you might not stay in the league but say you're good enough to bounce and then think about guys that bounce around and they're journeymen and like uprooting your families and you do all that and you're just all that pressure and you're trying to get back to playing at a level that you will be accepted and stay in the that's a lot and provide for your family oh that is a lot man and your window to earn money you know is 
for 99% of people will stop whenever you are done. And the yeah. average person only spends like three years in the league. And, you know, that's a whole nother story about why, you know, the, with the pay and, you know, paying people what they're worth. But fuck, man, that, that's a grind. I think that's yeah. something we all need to keep in mind. And I think that's a perfect transition to uh, let me tell you about our incredible sponsor, BetterHelp, who, um, you know, the grind's a real thing. So yeah. we will be right back. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. If you're feeling depressed, stressed, anxious, or overwhelmed, BetterHelp is here to help. Everyone goes through tough times. Everyone has stuff they're dealing with. We've preached about the importance of mental health several times before as it relates to athletes, our listeners, and even to ourselves. Paul and I are no strangers, and I know I'm certainly not. In the summer of 2020, I started having a little bit of depression and anxiety issues for the first time in my life. But I took the leap, I reached out to a therapist, and got the help that I needed. And man, I'm glad that I did. BetterHelp offers licensed therapists who are trained to listen and help. Talk to your therapist in a private, online environment at your convenience. BetterHelp's network includes a broad range of expertise from their more than 20,000 therapists, which gives you access to help that may not be available in your area. Finding the right therapist is one of the most important parts in making sure you get the help that you need. It's going to be easy, guys. You just fill out a questionnaire to help assess your specific needs and then get matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. It's that quick. Then you're going to schedule a secure video and phone session. Even better, you can exchange unlimited messages with your therapist and everything you share is completely confidential. BetterHelp knows that it's scary to reach out and take that first step for your mental health, so they make it as easy as possible for you. You can request a new therapist at any time at no additional charge, which is a game changer, guys, helping you find the right therapist for your needs. So go ahead and join the 2 million plus people who have taken charge of their mental health with an experienced BetterHelp therapist. And you know Paul and I were going to hook you up. BetterHelp was kind enough to create a special offer for 216 baseball listeners. We're going to get you 10% off your first month at BetterHelp.com slash 216 baseball. Again, that's better com slash the numbers 216 baseball. Thanks again to BetterHelp for sponsoring this episode. And now back to the show. And we are back, which usually, I don't know, it just feels different in person. Yeah, yeah it does. It's, it's, but then also, you know what we should also get into? What's that? Our second sponsor. Yeah, you just run them back to back? back Not to even back. spread them out? Nah, so uh, second sponsor, obviously SeatGeek. We love SeatGeek. It's what I use every time I buy tickets, get tickets to baseball games, sporting events, uh, festivals, concerts, theater, fucking uh, renaissance fair maybe. I don't know. I'm sure they sell tickets. Yeah. I'm sure you can uh, find it. They, they have a great rating system. Dark green, great ticket. Dark red, very bad ticket. Don't buy it. Um, they show you where your seat's going to be. Makes it super easy. You can go to SeatGeek.com or download the app on uh, iOS, Android, or the Google Play Store, uh, the number one mobile ticketing app. Uh, use code 216BASEBALL uh, to get $20 off your first purchase when you sign up for SeatGeek. Again, SeatGeek.com or the app. Use code 216BASEBALL to get $20 off your first purchase. Ayo. Yep. And we're at home all week. Yeah. So there's really no excuse because... You guys are going to be going to the games. We got to we got to get the boys up. We got to we got to pick them up. We're down bad. We need uh, yeah. We they need all the help they can get. So just save some money. So it's two one six baseball pod. Two one six baseball pod. I know. 
Well, it's tough because it's 216 Baseball for BetterHelp and yeah. then 216 Baseball Pod for SeatGeek. But all that stuff is also in the uh, episode description. So yeah. you got links in there. You can't miss it. So don't let us be idiots and fumble over ourselves. Check the episode notes and uh, yeah, code 216 Baseball Pod. So uh, that just felt like a good transition to do that. But I mean, I'm still enjoying just kind of talking about the team here. Um, I guess there's not too much more to say other than. <laughs> I mean, we don't even. <laughs> We don't even need to talk about these games. They're no, I want. Sad. I spend too much time. We're fucking talking about them. <laughs> but uh, no, it's just it's a long season, and I we yeah. I know I need to keep a better. I do keep in mind that it's a marathon, not a sprint. It just sucks when we really suck. But I'm yeah. not giving up on them. You'll never hear me say that the season's never over until the last game we play in you know October fourth. Or sings that too. So the overweight <laughs> lady sings. Thank you. Um, but yeah, it's we could rattle off eight in a row. I mean, this team is going to be peaks and valleys, youngest team. And, you know, we just called up. I think calls the same age as Mercado, actually. Fun fact. But really? Yeah. Uh, but that that's a breath of fresh air. Like, that's what should happen. So um, but anyway, yeah. So get, we'll find it along the way. We, we always have sidebars. So. Game one, um, this is, again, we skipped the Yankees and the Tiger series. So this is Friday uh, in Kansas City. Game one, before the game, Zach Meisel tweeted out, Nolan Jones is promoted. Woohoo! Austin Hedges activated off the... <laughs> Austin Hedges activated <laughs> off the... Uh, uh, COVID IL. Well, I was going to say COVID, COVID concussion. concussion. Yeah. See, I stopped, the C words. I stopped before I said it because I went to say it. And I was like, yeah, oh, uh, what's the word? It's all those fucking C words. Baby. Yeah. So, you know, okay, we'll stop it there. Uh, so the concussion IL took him a lot longer and they didn't... You don't fuck around with that. Yeah. Coming from someone who's a professional and getting concussions, you don't want to mess around so with So he them. ended up being out probably, what, closer to like two, two weeks, weeks almost? Yeah. That was real sad because he was supposed to come out the end of last week and uh the rumored was he was going to be playing sunday's game when i was there i was so excited but he didn't play yeah and you didn't see Plesak, but instead you saw t-mac throw eight innings of one hit ball yeah of scoreless one hit ball against the yankees it was very cool what the fuck yeah i talked a lot of shit to yankees fans good i love that that's the one game we won so that's all that matters uh they kept they kept chanting run differential i was like that's a big word i don't know what that means (laughs) yeah (laughs) <laughs> you could, we can throw hands like I'll, I'll, I'll show you a run differential uh richie palacios got sent to triple a um and then sandy leone got designated for assignment so a couple things there palacios as much as i love him i love his approach um you know he's a I mean, 700 ops guy plays the outfield you know what i noticed what i don't like richie palacios approach he swings so hard at every pitch really he tries way too hard yeah. at every at every swing. Well, it, se- it still seems like he puts up good at bats, but yeah, that seems like something that maybe with more experience and time yeah. that they can smooth it out or something. I'm not sure. He needs every day at bats, and he's not going to get it up here. Yeah, not right now. Yeah, I mean, he's perfect for a trade. Like, I don't want him traded, but yeah. I mean, he is. We've shown, hey, this kid fucks a little bit. He can play and give you. Where's that choker chain? <laughs> Jesus, have you ever seen it? Wait. Oh, he does. You've never seen. His I thought you choker. said. I thought you said. Where is the choker chain? No, like you were making a sexual follow-up no, no, joke. No, 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 no. But you were saying he wears, he wears that choker chain. He's got a black belt and sucking dick. Oh, hold on, I got to sign into my. Can I say that? Thing. Sure. Okay. I don't care. That's true. Love is love. Yeah. Well, you keep talking while I pull this up. You know, I'm good at that. Um. 
So yeah, I mean, I, I like the guy, but he's but he can play the outfield. He's actually a natural second baseman. Um, I don't think the defense is incredible at either of those, from what I kind of gather. I'm assuming he's probably a little better second baseman. But yeah. he came up, he left-handed bat, um, and good pinch hitter. I mean, he would be perfect for a trade. Like we yeah. don't really need him now that I can't believe I'm saying this, Paul. We have a wealth of outfield depth. What what is what is weird? Chain he wears. Okay, yeah, that's a lot. <laughs> Usually, I roast people that wear athletic glasses, even though I'm blind and you're blind too. I'm yeah. really blind and wearing glasses as we record. Me but too. You would not catch me dead wearing athletic glasses on a basketball. <laughs> like I would expect you to push me in my locker. Like I would expect to be hazed because of that. Um, but yeah, no, I'll, I great guy, but perfect trade bait, really. Now that we kind of see OG, we're gonna see Call, <laughs> yeah, that's something. Call uh, Brennan Benson at some point. Uh, did I say OG? Quan has emerged. Like we also have all these trade chips. Nolan Jones. Yeah, we could eventually get a monster outfield bat if we need. Like if other guys kind of fall by. Like the- low key though, if Nolan Jones pans out, do we need a monster bat? No, I mean he could be twenty five, thirty homers. And but so I said I can't remember because trying to like keep track of all this shit and the team there's been so much going on but I think when that happened I tweeted out I just said you know tough for Palacios I really like him but it it makes sense like we need Nolan Jones he could be more of an impact we need to see him he's also a left-handed bat yeah but he I don't know it's it's fine like Palacios has been solid but 700 OPS doesn't really move the Nolan needle. Jones gives you more range. Yeah, he 700 OPS bad is solid, but like Nolan Jones fucks. Like he's gonna put him in the seats, and he already did put one in the seats in literally a second game. So um, he's incredible. He's gonna walk. Uh, he will strike out, but he's also got light tower power, you know, so to speak. Um, so it, it's just the right move for now. We we just gotta see and. Uh, yeah, it is what it is. And then Sandy Leon designated for assignment. Um, the experience- Spoiler alert, we get him back. Well, yeah, he clears waivers and then gets assigned to Columbus yeah, for depth. But, yeah, I mean, way to step in. But Sandy Leon ain't I didn't, I didn't know if Maley was actually going to catch the DFA. Neither did I. I honestly thought they might stick with Leon. Sandy. I'm not going to lie to you. I thought they might stick with Sandy. I knew they weren't going I to because of... It. Neither would I. I like Maley does nothing for me, I, and he's a Leon is a way better framer, yeah, than Maley is. I'm and OBP machine goes burr. He had like a 400 yeah, OBP while he I'm was a here. Bit, like obviously everyone knows that no one ever, no one messed with my man's yeah. Austin Hedges. Um, I love him with all my heart. Uh, and no one he's prop he's arguably the best defensive catcher in baseball. Yeah. So it's hard to compare anyone to him. Um, so honestly, either one of them can play, and I don't care. Like Leon or Maley, because like yeah, Hedges you, is going to get most of the time. Yeah, because you couldn't give a shit like who that number two is. Yeah, because it's not Hedges. So yeah, so even more. I mean, transactions. We are just tearing through people, and kudos again. We said okay, if you're not going to make any trades, and we're all pissed off, you have to play the kids. And whew, they're doing it. That's like nine or ten debuts, I think, already this yeah. year. I think it's more than that now. And but, what's crazy is like we still might do something at the deadline. Yeah, something to consolidate or get something done. But the biggest thing is, 
I guess now would be a good time to, since we're called up Nolan Jones, we just called up Alex Call, right? Yeah, it's hard to, like, I know who all's on this team right now, but it's like, but like, kind of keep so it all straight. Outfielders now. I would say we don't, we absolutely should not get any kind of outfielder this year, yeah. which is, if you were to ask me what we need to, like, everybody, week if, one of the season, if you were to ask me what do we need to go even get, even a month in, even yeah. a month in, probably. All offseason, every single fan ever. It feels like blasphemy to say that the only thing we shouldn't get is an outfielder. Yeah, but I think that we go get a relief pitcher. Oh, we have to. That's I think that's. But they might wait until the offseason, Honestly, yeah. And honestly, if you're if you wait till the offseason to you make can anything, sign someone versus trade. Yeah, like just a but free. We agent. have so many prospects that you have to clear it up. For the forty man, because the next the next group of Rule Five guys are coming up. Yeah, like we have all this other talent that like is now eligible, and it's like we got no fucking room for you, dog. Yeah. We're so fucked. <laughs> but like, uh, I don't know. I I, I really don't. Um, like I I think I don't I don't want us to get a catcher. I've, I'm very clear on saying that. I think Austin Hedges is the perfect person to let Bo Naylor learn from. Um, and you get Bo Naylor up here next year. Uh, yeah, don't rush him. There's so many people. I agree with Quincy I, on I this. I love like I think Austin Hedges is like he. I love watching Austin Hedges, and it's something as I I, I realize that. I like him because he is a better version of what I was when I caught. I was a very defensively heavy. I didn't play the best offense. But I knew I had very good game sense. I had very good, excuse me, I have the hiccups. Uh, Very good game management. That's what Austin Hedges is, just at a way higher level than I am. You're like Tito with Ernie Clement. Yeah. Um (laughs) <laughs> Do not talk bad about my boy or any comment. No, he's our boy. <laughs> um, but in the DM, sorry about it. Austin Hedges is what I was in high school, but just in the MLB. And he even it's the littlest stuff as to where when a batter gets in the box, he's looking at where his feet are to know where to throw the next pitch. Yeah. Like stuff that you don't see every catcher do. It's the these little things that Austin Hedges does better than everyone else. It's these nitpicky things that a casual fan doesn't pick up on checking where it's okay. Look, his stance is a little bit open. He's not going to be able to catch up to the, this fastball down and in, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like his, his, uh, he's sitting outside or he's, he's off the box or like back in the box a little bit. Let's throw it down low. Like all this little stuff that, that doesn't get recognized and there's no stats for. Oh God. He just has a 34 WRC plus. But the thing is, is everything he's good at is intangibles that there's not stats for. No, I know. So it's not fair. I know. But, I mean, that is just so horrific. It, it's just, he is he's losing me as much as I defend him still because he's just so incredible. Like, I was listening. You didn't listen to Quincy's podcast yet, but I was when I was walking the dogs. And he even <laughs> texted us and apologized and said, don't let Paul listen. And he just said, like, he's crossed the threshold with Hedges because... Even he's always kept a positive war, even when he's like the worst offensive player, like basically in baseball, because he's so good. And he has crossed the threshold into negative war, even with his that's how terrible his offense has been. He's crossed into negative. Now, watch, you guys are disrespecting him. He's going to pop off this week. Yeah. And, you know, Quincy's first thing is like, he's going to hit five home runs and I'll be happy he does. 
but it's just so t- two fifteen OBP. Yeah, he's getting on base almost ten times less per hundred like appearances. He like, also just missed two weeks, so it takes. Yeah, I mean he's he basically has just started playing again. It's just like thirty four. That's I mean he's a black hole. It's beyond a black hole. It's like. It's so bad. But like when when everyone in your lineup is a black hole, it's easy to point out the worst piece. Yeah. You know what I mean? But, but I mean but he, when everyone around him's hitting, you're like, I can deal with this because of the defense. But when nobody's hitting, you're like, it's awful. You know what I mean? Like at first I was gonna be like, shut the fuck up, but I get what you're saying. It is it does not it's never gonna get worse than it is now when yeah. nobody is hitting. But like if everyone around him's hitting, you're like, it's understandable to have one person in your lineup that's just a defensive specialist and he's going to like offensively he's a liability. It makes sense to have one person in your lineup like that. You can survive yeah. kind of. Kind of. But when everyone in your lineup's that right now, like Oof. Yeah, I mean, it's lowest on the totem pole. But, I mean, it's still unacceptable. 34 WRC pluses. I thought 50 was, like, terrible and get up to, like, 65. But 34. That's, like... Just wait for him to get hot. Well, I'll keep waiting. And I'll probably grow a beard for the first time in my life. But I still like the guy. I just... Anyway, I don't even know how we got on that. It's just so... Fuck. But, anyway, defensively, yes. Um. Oh, I think we were saying like I'm with I'm with Quincy, and I don't think I've heard your opinion that don't rush Bo Naylor. There's no reason that we should see him this year. In my not opinion. at all. Like, no, no, no. What next year? Next year he should come up. Sign Austin Hedges for one more year. Let Bo Naylor come up and learn from Austin Hedges, like the intangibles, like the the little nitpicky stuff that you see him do. Yeah. Have him show Bo Naylor that stuff. Kind of like how we saw with Robo and Hedges, where like. Robo started most of the games, and then Hedges was his backup. Yeah. But then it was like 50-50, and then you see Hedges take more from Robo. Now, that's how you should do it with Hedges and Naylor. Have Naylor start one out of every five games. Have him start with, hey, when this pitcher pitches, you're his guy. Yeah. And then go to two pitchers, and Hedges has three instead of four. And then now it's 50-50. Yeah. And then now you have Bo Naylor starting to take more and Hedges starting to take less. Yeah. I feel like that's a perfect thing for us to do. I'm just looking. He stole a base this year. I don't know when, but he yeah. did. And I don't I don't know what's going on. I just He's losing me. I'll just say that. He really is. I know how much he does for the squad, but he he's losing me. He's it's gotten to the point of like absolutely unacceptable and you could argue he's not he's going backwards like in the runs he's saving are not adding up to the runs he's not creating i mean it's it's that bad but i don't know so game one savali versus singer uh this is on friday guardians coming to friday night's game looking to right the ship after the tigers completed a four game sweep of us in detroit makes us one and six in our last seven games at that point uh big yikes and luckily, we've got some new blood with the promotion and Nolan Jones. We got Hedges back, and we historically play the Royals well. Cleveland sends Savali to the bump to try and get back on track. He does his job, but the bullpen melts down as the Royals walk us off, and we drop our fifth in a row. Quick line, Kansas City, four runs on 10 hits, one error. Cleveland, three runs on nine hits and one error. Offensive highlights, uh, top of the second, two outs, runners on fir- runner on first, excuse me. 
Nolan Jones, RBI double in his first major league at bat. Uh, scores Owen Miller from first, and then he gets to the third on an error from Royals right fielder Kyle Isbell. And welcome to the show, kid. I mean, first major league at bat, RBI double. Uh, it doesn't get much better than that. Should have been scored a triple. <laughs> yeah. So we get an early one nothing lead. Uh, in the first six innings, though, we only had four base runners, three hits, and Jimenez gets hit by pitch. And we went one, two, three in the third, fourth, and fifth inning. So uh, not not good at all. Uh, top of the seventh, Jose hits a leadoff double, and then that followed by a Fran Mill bomb to right field. That's his eighth of the year, and Guardians now lead at three to one. So we're all feeling great. Break that tie, and uh, yeah, late later in the game, take that lead, and like, okay, let's just cruise control it out. But uh, uh, and then with two outs in the seventh, still Nolan Jones gets his second hit of the day with a single. And then gets pinch ran for by Oscar Mercado as, I guess, a kind of late inning defensive replacement. Mm-hmm. Um, big outfield in, in Kaufman. And, uh, yeah, he was looking a little, yeah, he, he was struggling out there in right field. He's definitely not a right fielder by trade. Um, but way to go, kid. I mean, Jesus. And then top of the ninth, it's now a tie game. Jimenez gets hit by pitch to lead off the inning. Again. Yeah. Second time this game. So. Uh, and then with one out, Mercado walks and Naylor singles, so we load the bases. Uh, again, one out, and then Straw grounds out, and Quan lines out. So we waste a perfect opportunity to take the lead. Can't even get a sack fly, find some way to get that runner in. Um, and then we get walked Well, off. yeah, Straw grounds into a fielder's choice. Uh, grounds to third base, and the third baseman throws home on the force out. Yeah. So now you have speed on the bags, but Quan lines out on a very well-hit ball just Right at somebody. Guy was playing perfectly. It just sucks. Bases loaded, one out, you know, in a tie game. and Can't even get that runner home one way or another. Um, yeah, so we get walked off, and it's just pain. Uh, we love to see Jose with an extra base hit in this one. Framil's hot streak continues. Jones goes two for three in his major league debut, like we talked about. And uh, Stroll goes two for four out of the nine hole, which you like to see. Can we call it a hot streak for Framil? He's had, like... Four home runs in eight games. How many strikeouts has he had, though? Yeah, he's had a lot of strikeouts, but we'll take some power finally. Yeah, but he like he hits a home run, then strikes out three times. Yeah, and not good strikeouts. Like he's swinging at he should be walked strikeouts. Yeah, I mean they're they're bad. I'm not gonna argue with you, but he's he he's at least hitting, which is when he's not hitting, he's striking out. But when he is hitting, he's he's got uh, a lot of. Uh, uh, a lot of uh, hitting the ball hard and extra base hits. And he's giving what this lineup has desperately needed, which has been slugging of sorts. So we'll, we'll take it for now. Um, so key stats, six strikeouts versus one walk, uh, which no complaints there. Nine hits, three of them are extra base hits. Fine again. Three for eight with runners in scoring position. That's a 375 average. And we left seven on base. So, um, Decent peripherals all around, but uh, got let down more by, obviously, uh, the bullpen here. Yeah. Uh, defensively, I only got a couple things. In the bottom of the third, on a ball hit to, uh, like hit to right center, Nolan Jones makes a throw to third that gets past Jose. Uh, the runner then tries to go from third to home. Jose stays with the play and then throws him out at the plate. Uh, just good, good baseball sense of staying with the play and making a good throw home. And then the bottom of the fifth, Aaron Savali makes a good play on a 
little bouncer hit between uh, the mound and third base. He turns to make a uh, good one-hop throw off his back foot to Miller at first, uh, who makes a very good scoop to finish the playoff, which it's cool to see Owen Miller finally make a good first baseman play for once. Yeah. Doesn't he end up dropping another ball in this week? Uh, This week, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so pitching analysis, absolute shame that the bullpen spoils a gem from Savali, who goes seven innings of one-run ball on six hits, six strikeouts, and no walks. Just really good performance from him. Um, and we knew that the you know what, how he had performed up to this point is not the real Savali, um, but thank God he found his way back because it got real bad there. Uh, four of his seven innings pitched were one, two, three innings. So that shows you how dominant he was. And he did give up a single extra base hit. So love to see that. Um, and again, way to give the team some real length and save the bullpen as much as possible. I mean, this game went how you kind of want it to. He didn't even go six innings. He goes seven and you get a two run lead and, you know, it should go, you know, your two high leverage guys and be done with this game. And unfortunately, that's not how it goes. So, yeah. Eli Miller. Or Eli Morgan, Eli Miller. Eli Morgan doesn't do well. And then I think... It's Henches, yeah. Henches comes in, and he's the one who gives up the walk-off. Yeah, Morgan leadoff single in the eighth, and then Whit Merrifield two-run shot ties the game just like that. And he just continues to struggle and needs to kind of be backed out of some high-leverage stuff for now until he gets right. And then Henches comes out for the ninth instead of Classe, uh, which I don't love that. I would use Classe here to make sure you get to the ninth personally. I don't remember what this part... Was in the ninth. Or, I'm sorry, to make sure you get to the 10th. But I don't remember... Like, it might have been the bottom of the order. So, yeah. yeah. I see. I get it. Like, you save Class A for when you're in extras. Like, that makes more sense to me than using him in the ninth here. Yeah, because yeah, I, I think Michael Taylor walked it off. And I think he bats, yeah. like, 7th or 8th. So, it, it just sucks, nonetheless. Um, Hindsight's twenty twenty. It's easy to say, yeah, use Class A in the ninth. When you get walked off, you know what I mean? Yeah. And if we make it to extras and use Class A in the 10th, you're like, well, Tito's a genius. Yeah. It's it's shitty. There's no good answer. Yeah. Um, so leadoff double from Henches, and then with one out, walk-off single and ends the game. So it's just a shame. Spoils a gem. And this was like the dagger of all daggers because we're down bad. Four-game sweep. You know, play the game competitively. Savali does everything, you know what I mean? And then it's like... Yeah, you have the lead going into the end up getting walked off. And it's just like, fuck. This was like twisting the knife. Going into the bottom of the eighth, you had a two-run lead. Yeah, sucks. So uh, we dropped our fifth in a row. Um, So game two, though, McKenzie versus Heasley. Guardians come into Saturday's game on a five-game losing skid. And we've now lost seven of our last eight. Just a brutal stretch. And after a heartbreaker the night before, uh, we sent T-Mac to the bump to try and get back in the win column. While he pitches fairly well, his performance doesn't honestly matter because the offense finally takes out their frustration on opposing pitching and uh, score 13 runs in an absolute blowout. Uh, Quick line, Cleveland, 13 runs on 23 hits and one error. Mm -hmm. Kansas City, one run on seven hits and one error. Offensive highlights... Uh, there's a lot. Top of the first, Quan starts the game off with a double left field. Ahmed then gets hit by pitch. Jose then has an RBI single, which, thank Jesus, I think that's like his first RBI in like three weeks. Um, that scores Quan and gives the Guardians an early one nothing lead. Then with one out, Fran Mail continues his hot streak. RBI double off the left field wall makes it 2 nothing Guardians. 
And while it's a great start, they still spoiled runners on second and third with one out in this one. Could have made for a big inning. Uh, it doesn't matter. We end up getting plenty of runs, but just something to point out. Top of the second, Maley reaches on a fielding error by Royal center fielder Michael Taylor. Straw then hits a double to put runners on second and third with nobody out. Quan then hits a ground rule double. That scores Straw and Maley. Now we're up 4 nothing, but we're still not done because with Did one- you see this ground rule double? Uh, I think I did, but I don't remember it off the top of my head. What happened? I don't know if it was this one or one that... Because Maley ends up hitting a ground rule double too, right? Maybe? Not off the top one of my head. One of them, so it bounces and it hits on the top of the fence where like the fence and the railing meet. Uh-huh. It just gets wedged in between the padding. Oh, I remember that. <laughs> yeah, no. This one, because I thought that might have been this one. I think... Uh, Actually, no. Yeah, I think this might have been that one. I was like, oh, wow. that's That sucks. Yeah, that's weird, ba- <laughs> weird baseball. Uh, but anyway, so up four nothing, and but we're not done yet because one out. Jose hits a two run shot to center field. That's his seventeenth of the year, and we lead it six nothing. And uh, later on, I'll tell you how long it's been since he's had a home three run. That's three R guys in this game. Yeah. Uh, top of the fourth, Ahmed leadoff single followed by a Jose double. Josh Naylor then walks to load the bases, and with one out, Andres Jimenez, our clutch king, two run single to left field, brings home Ahmed and Jose, makes it eight nothing. But wait, there's more. Nolan Jones is up next with runners on first and third, one out. And he hits a three-run moonshot into the center field fountains. I think it was 457, wasn't it? Yeah. He, (laughs) Palacios don't hit the ball like that. (laughs) He He, makes my ding-dong go ping-pong. He cooked this thing right in his wheelhouse, right into the center field fountains. Yeah, oh my God, 457. Um, So Guardians now lead at 11-0 as we continue to blow the Royals' backs out. Top of the ninth, Ahmed Rosario leadoff solo shot. That's his fourth of the year, but it's off a of position player, so does it really count? 69-mile-per-hour uh, meatball right yeah. down the middle. Yeah, <laughs> I guess count it. Either way, we now lead it 12-1, to and then still the top of the ninth, Owen Miller singles to center field, and then with two outs, Andres Jimenez hits an infield single. Nolan Jones hits a single to left field, so just small ball to death to load the bases, and then Maley walks, to, uh, walks in. Draws a walk, excuse me, to bring in a run. 13-1 to 1 is how it stays, and we put the Royals in their place. And again, we needed this so bad. Just just shake it all out, all badly. the bad. Badly. True. Um, and, uh, yeah, we just need to relax, and hopefully after this explosion. But most importantly, Jose finally hit a home run. That's his first since June 10th, which was a span of 103 plate appearances per Zach Meisel. Uh, he also had a single and a double, and he ends up getting pulled later in the game because it's a blowout. So let yeah, him rest. he was a third, a trip, a third, a triple away from the cycle in a triples park. So yeah, it's like, it sucks seeing him get pulled, but you know he's hurt, so like it makes sense. Or just tired. Yeah, just like there's zero reason to play him here. But it's like besides, oh, oh. you get the cycle, but which I would have loved to see. Quan, yeah. Ahmed, and Jose all had three hits, and they had five extra base hits between the three of them. And, yeah, that's what you want from your one through three. Uh, Jimenez and Straw both had three hits. Huge to see that from Straw, who's maybe finally turning it around. Yeah. And then Nolan Jones stays goaded, obviously. He's just fucking goaded with the sauce. Yeah. Uh, key stats, 11 strikeouts, five walks. Strikeouts tick up a little bit, but with that many at-bats. Yeah, it, who gives a fuck? Yeah. What, how many at-bats did we have? Oh, Jesus. Yeah, I didn't even think. Oh, God. 48. 
That is a lot of at bats. <laughs> yeah. So you have twenty-seven ounces in a game. Yeah. And you have forty-eight at bats. So that's just slightly above league average strike. Yeah. That's com- completely fine. Twenty-three. You scored thirteen runs. Strike out a lot yeah, of times. Yeah. That's fine. Twenty-three hits. Nine of them are extra bases. That's a thirty-nine percent clip. Uh, solid. Nine for twenty-two with runners in scoring position. Four oh nine average. That will also do the trick. And we left 14 on base, even though we had 28 base runners. But, again, we scored Half 13. the runners, but, yeah, you scored 13 runs. Who gives a shit? Uh, defensively, the bottom of the first, Stephen Kwan lays completely out and dives for a ball hit the left center. Just another great play by Stephen Kwan. Excuse me. And then in the bottom of the second, uh, Stephen Kwan and Miles Straw, like, lightly collide with each other in left center. Uh, the ball pops out of Miles Straw's glove. But he stays with it to secure the catch. It was a little funny. Did you see this play? Yeah, I did. Yeah, it was it was a lot in the sense of like what? You know what I mean? Just it was it was funny to see. Yeah. But nobody got hurt and they caught the ball, so that's all that matters. Uh pitching analysis. T Mac follows up his absolute gem on Sunday, like we talked about, uh, against the Yankees with another solid start against the Royals. Six shutout innings, three hits, walks five. While the six innings of shutout ball is obviously nothing to complain about, uh, he was not overly sharp in this one. I mean, he walked five dudes in six innings. And against a better team, uh, basically, Reed is anybody that's not the Royals. Uh, he would get punished for all that. I mean, you're just, you cannot walk five people. Um, and he just, like I said, didn't really have command. Pretty much, I mean, it's w- almost one in any. Yeah. And that, whew, that's tough. And, uh, you know, struggling for command it can happen unto anyone on any given day and just hoping you know he was just struggling for grip and nothing more only because again the walks used to be his kryptonite and he's gotten away from that and it's one game so whatever um and yeah 88 pitches 54 were for strikes so really not great um and hey look for him to make one more strong start this week against the tigers and then it'll be easy to buy back into the fact that well you know he's back yeah um bullpen did its job on saturday doesn't really matter though because we ate the royals asses shaw karen and uh sandland get us through the final three innings and no earned runs given up and nice to see sandland get a clean inning of work and again need him to avoid walks to be effective and- karen check two strikeouts and a walk yep you gave up two hits too. cleveland police department just got a new stapler <laughs> two two new, new staplers. staplers that's all you um Oh, Alex's special notes. Uh, Jose Ramirez uh, finally passed Manny Ramirez uh, as the for the club's all-time extra base hits list. Uh, now Jose is ninth with 485 um, extra base hits. Uh, Manny had 484, and next is Lou Boudreau. Is that how you say it? You got it, King. Uh, and he has 495, so 10 more. Um, and he's, Jose's done that in nine years, 485, 485 extra base hits in nine years, 10 years. This will be his 10th year. Yeah. But yeah. regardless, that's, yeah, he's fucking cooking. Uh, and then Zach Meisel tweeted out that, uh, Cleveland with 23 plus hits in a game, the last 70 seasons today, uh, that was, uh, against Kansas city. Uh, in 2019 against the Yankees in a 19 to five win, in 2009 against the Yankees, uh, 22 to four win, which 
in 2009, the, it was the last time the Yankees won a World Series, fun fact. Uh, in 2001 against Seattle in the greatest comeback of all time. In uh, 95 versus Minnesota in a 17-inning win. Uh, in 1986 against Milwaukee, and then in 1984 against Kansas City. It's a lot of runs. Yeah, that's that's intense. Um, so then game three, a lot uh, of hits, but yeah. What did I say? Why did you say runs? Well, I mean, there's a lot of runs, a lot scored, of runs too. But, but yeah, the hits. Sorry. Um. Uh. So game three coming into this one. Uh, graphic from like the pregame show says Royals pain, and they're talking about Zach Plesac because he's going to get the start in this one. In Plesac's career versus Kansas City, he is six and zero, has a two two nine was six and zero, yeah, two two nine ERA, a .97 WHIP. He's pitched sixty three innings, walked twelve, and struck out forty seven. Yeah, and so yeah, it, it's all adding up here. So Plesac versus Granky Guardians coming to Sunday afternoon's game. Probably feeling about 50 pounds lighter after an offensive <laughs> after, onset. After blowing their load all over yeah. Kansas City. Yeah, just <laughs> finally, man. It's been so bad. Um, and even better is the fact that we have our hottest pitcher lately going for the series win, Mr. Zach Plesak, a national fuckboy treasure. He does his job yet again, but the defense lets him down. And the box score isn't going to capture it all the way, but we'll talk about it. Um, and the the ba- offense doesn't help him out either. Yeah, bad, ever. Bad. The offense doesn't help him out ever. Yeah, he's still in the bottom tier of AL pitchers. It's got to be in the league, too, of like run, run support. God, so bad. Run, yeah, run support. Um, but, yeah, the offense apparently used up all their bullets on Saturday because we go quietly in Game 3 and drop the series finale and lose the series altogether. Quick line. Kansas City, five runs on 10 hits, no errors. Cleveland, one run on five hits and one error. Offensive highlights, top of the first, two outs. Jose stays hot, single to right center field. He thought about stretching it because it's kind of in the gap, but it gets cut off. And even he didn't push it, but he's still kind of like, oh, might, might do it, might not. Um, but he still gets the second base because he steals his 13th bag of the year. Because, again, be a menace on the bases, King. We need this. Um and it's starting to feel like Jose might really be back, and uh, hopefully he can do it against the White Sox and really prove it. Uh, and Jose single in the first and Ernie's walk in the second are the only two base runners we have in the first four innings, which is just not it. Top of the fifth, Nolan Jones stays hitting uh, with a leadoff single. Straw then hits a two-out single, but we do nothing with that. And then top of the seventh, Owen Miller and Nolan. I think Nolan Jones gets thrown out, doesn't he? Maybe. I don't know. I don't remember. Uh, yeah, we watched like all this game together. Yeah. I don't remember that one, though. We were so. distracted just being in each other's company. Yeah. Oh, in your eyes. Yeah. Uh, top, yeah top of the seventh, <laughs> Owen Miller and Nolan Jones walk back-to-back to get something brewing. But then Ernie and Hedges fly out, and then Straw grounds out to end the inning, which is really disappointing. Uh, and then top of the ninth, one out. Owen Miller doubles to right field, advances to third on a Nolan Jones ground out. And then Royals pitcher Joel uh Piumps, uh, Piumps, Piumps. Sure, sure. Uh, throws a wild pitch, allows Miller to score, and that's the Guardians' first run of the game, but the only one we get against Wash Zach Greinke. Uh, and we've lost eight of our last ten now, uh, three straight series, and we've lost four of our last five series. Which, <laughs> yep. And Zach Plesac gets no help ever, and it just makes me sad because the dude's been—he's sh- been throwing the ball like crazy lately. A lot of lot of confidence from him and looking good. 
Quan and Ahmed both go over in this one, which is not a recipe for success at the top of the lineup. Framil goes over four in the cleanup spot with four strikeouts, so that golden sombrero. And uh, the only good thing is nice to see Straw have a hit in every game in this series. And Nolan Jones, a hit and a walk, doing exactly what he's advertised to do. Uh, but otherwise, uh, key stats. I'm in the business of misery. Let's take it from the top. <laughs> okay. Nine strikeouts to three, <laughs> to three walks. What do, you, what do you know about misery business? Not much. Uh, some Paramore? Mm. Not a Paramore guy. Really? No. I'm a slut for some good Paramore. I feel like you should know that. Uh, what? Now, I said I feel like you should know that. I feel like you should know that about me. You like everything. I do like yeah, everything. You like, I don't know, you know what else I found. I, I just remembered I'm a huge slut for. What? Banana pudding. Like the food, obviously, right? Yeah. Not some obscure band yeah. name? Yeah. Okay. I'm a slut well, we for can, a good banana pudding. Well, we can get you some at the store. <laughs> Sorry we didn't stock. Didn't know that was a thing. Uh, so nine strikeouts, three walks. Like with the vanilla wafers? Oh, <laughs> Not a ton to complain about there. Five hits and one extra base hit. This Man. is what the people come here for. Yeah, they do. Oh for six with runners in scoring position. I'll save you all the joke. Uh, and then team left on base seven, and we only had eight base runners. Def- defensive highlights. Uh, nothing to report, but there was Zach Plesek gets dicked here with a, a lot of poor defensive play. Obviously, there's the one error, um, but just not a lot of good defensive plays, like stuff that like. Not necessarily going to be errors. Yeah, but just not good defensive plays, and it's just tough because he he pitches well and just keeps getting dicked over. Just, like no run support, not great defense behind him. So uh, I don't know. It's tough. Yeah. So on that note, with pitching analysis overall, please please excuse me. Still had a decent start, even though the box score doesn't really look like it. He only pitched five innings, gave up four runs, three of them are earned, uh, six hits, one walk, five strikeouts. Very unlucky. He did get babbit to death, as we like to say, batting average on balls in play. So, yeah, a lot of stuff falling that shouldn't, kind of crap like that, and just finding holes and just tough luck. Um, ran into some trouble in the second, giving up a one-out double and then a two-out RBI single. And then he gives up another single, uh, but worked out of it. But... Uh, he gave up a two-out double in the third, but worked out of that too. Clean fourth, and then the fifth is when the shit hits the fan. Strikes out Cam Gallagher, start the inning. Then he walks Nicky Lopez. Emmanuel Rivera then reaches on a fielder's choice play where Jose goes to second base but doesn't beat the runner. So now everybody's safe instead of runners at you know two outs and a runner on second. Um and then he gives up an RBI single to Andrew Benatendi to make it 2 nothing Royals, <laughs> which would have happened even if you had two outs. But this is where it really starts to kind of get away. Bobby Witt, then uh, junior, then reaches on a Jose fielding error where he just bobbles the ball and just couldn't make a play. Uh, so that would have been the third out and gotten him out of it, obviously. Uh, but then, yeah, uh, but it's hard to say that the Benatendi single would have happened because you approach that at bat completely different with a runner on second than with a runner on first and second. You know that's I mean? true, but I'm just saying you pitch it differently, so it's hard to say. Yeah, but I'm just saying like okay, in a vacuum, yeah, two runs is whatever. But then then it really starts to spiral. That fielding error, um, you know, could have been the last of the inning. Um, it should have at least been the second one. Uh, at a minimum, but now you get bases loaded, one out. MJ Melendez then capitalizes, little bloop shot to center field, scores two more runs, makes it four nothing Royals, 
and just tough breaks for Plesak all around, even though um, he was only at 85 pitches. Tito doesn't bring him out for the sixth. So, yeah, I got to defend him here. I mean, even though the box score doesn't look great, it doesn't tell the whole story. And that's kind of baseball sometimes, but want to point that out. Yeah. And then Henches comes out for the sixth, but he continues to struggle, gives up a run on three hits and a walk, and he only gets two outs and then gets pulled for uh, De Los Santos, who gets the last out cleanly. And then Stefan comes out for the seventh, scoreless inning of one hit ball, strikes out one. He's continuing to find more success. And then uh, Sandlin gets working back-to-back days, clean inning or relief, strikes out two. And uh, I want to see him do it against a team not named the Royals, but still still happy to see it. Yeah. And we got a ton of work to do on the who's hot and who's not. Yeah, this is going to be a chore for me. <clears throat> Let me get a sip of water before I start this because okay. the, the voice is a little hoarse. <laughs> All right, so who's hot list? Uh, Andres Jimenez is getting taken off. Uh, last week had a 1004 OPS in those last seven games, uh, 520 OPS, and last 15, a 683. Uh, just cooling off. You can't stay lukewarm. He's been getting hit a lot, and Tito says that he's feeling it. Uh, it's a long season, not worried. Just We still love us some Andres Jimenez. You know what I mean? Yeah, just going through a little bit of a cool stretch yeah. right now. Um and uh, Jose, he's staying on, was at A minus. Now he's at a B. His last seven games, bat 269 with a 296 OBP, a 500 slugging, and a, seven, not, a 796 OPS. Sorry. Uh, and last 15 games, 781 OPS. Uh, appears to finally be uh, getting out of his slump where he put up a 673 OPS and a 90 weighted runs combined plus. Uh, from June 15th through Friday night's game, he only had one RBI during that stretch. Uh, just keeping him on on base, keeping him on based on OPS, and it's Jose. Uh, had to drop a bit, but I'm not worried about it. Uh, Class A obviously is staying on. Was an A plus, staying in A plus. Best closer in baseball on the year stats last week. Uh, 148 ERA with a seven uh, 0.79 WHIP with 33 strikeouts and 30 and one third innings pitched. Updated year-to-date stats, uh, 153 ERA, uh, 0.82 whip, 39 strikeouts, and 35 and one inning, er, and 35 and a third innings pitched. He did finally give up a run for the first time in 55 days. Alex, obviously this dude's trash. One run in 55 days, not what you want out of well, your closer. Well, two, two earned runs in the last 55 <laughs> days. Which, um, so... Uh, uh, he was named June's AL reliever of the month. He's just built completely different. 102 mile per hour slider. What do you what are you gonna cutter. do? With it? Yeah, he's a freak. Yeah. Um and then Josh Naylor, he's going on. He's at an A. Uh last seven games, a three four eight average, um, a three eight five uh OBP, a seven thirty nine slugging for a one dot one two four OPS. His last fifteen games a nine fourteen OPS, banged up a little bit right now with the back spasms. But the bright spots, man, and he's just an absolute fucking spark plug. Yeah, no other way to describe it. Just he's the energy for this team, and it's I, I miss seeing him. Uh, and normally we only have four player or three players on, but we're gonna have four on this time because we gotta show some love to my boy Zach Plesac. Uh He's a B plus. Last three games, a two six uh, five ERA with a one dot two three WHIP. In his last seven games, a two six three ERA. With a 1.1 whip. Uh, he's been our most consistent pitcher the last month. Uh, he's 
he's just a gamer. That's the thing. He's battled really good out of the, uh, and he's battled good and bad teams out of the stretch, firing on almost every level right now. Uh, got to give him credit, but uh, we got to get him some run support and we got to play defense behind him, man. Yeah, we do. And is there anything you want to comment about the who's hot? No, just, you know, keeping Jose on just because, like, it, it's just going to take a lot to take him off. I mean, if he has a rough month, he or excuse me, week, he's coming off yeah, easily. It's Jose. We have to. But honestly, nobody's really playing that well, and it's a little bit of a stretch. Like, Josh, or excuse me, <laughs> Naylor has been playing. Josh. Yeah. <laughs> no, it was weird. Naylor has, uh, hasn't been playing. We're going to have to start doing that next year when we have both the Naylors up here. True. Uh, so <laughs> Naylor, but right now, Naylor just, he, he hasn't been playing a ton, but just last seven games to the fact he's at a 1.1. Yeah. And it's a little different because we didn't do a, an episode on Monday. So we're kind of covering two weeks. So yeah, they, uh, just a lot. A lot of movement. Some people that yeah. would, there's somebody else we'll talk, would have been on the hot list here that's going to be on the who's not. I mean, a lot has changed. It's been crazy. Yeah. So, uh, Trevor Steffen, he's off the who's not list. Last seven appearances, er, he was at a C minus. His last seven appearances, um, the seven appearance, this is confusing. What do you mean by this? What's up? Last, oh, just his, oh, sorry. Like last episode, his last seven appearances okay. were a two seven ERA and a one two WHIP. But now his last seven appearances a one two three ERA yeah. and a one two three WHIP. Sorry, yeah. you see how that's confusing. Oh, it's absolutely confusing. <laughs> so he's getting off. He was a yeah. C-. He was a C minus. Uh, he's uh, one more good week, and uh, last week we said one more good week, and he's off. He's slowly getting back into his uh, dominant form. Love to see it. Yep. Uh, Miles Straw, he's staying on, but barely. He was at an F plus. Now he's at a C minus. Last week, a 584 OPS. His last seven games, a 348 average of the 400 OBP, a 391 slugging for a 791 OPS. And his last 15 games, a 561 OPS. He had a really good season against Kansas City, um, which uh, is why the seven day stats are so good. Uh, but he also had a hit in two out of three games against Detroit. Uh, hopefully this is the start of his uh, upswing because holy shit, do we need him? Uh, if he has a decent week, he's getting off. Uh, Ernie Clement, our boy. You can. You can. Uh, this is not. That's not how I talk. You do not talk this fast. Yeah, I do. I don't. I don't know, man. You're good. Um, you're killing them. I'm just saying you can. You're all right. This is how I've done every single one. I know. Just breathe a little bit. <laughs> uh, Ernie Clement, he's staying on. He was at an F. Now he's at a C minus. Uh, mostly because he's our boy. Uh, but last week he had a 301 OPS in his last seven games. Uh, he's batting 353 with a 421 OBP, a 353 slugging for a 774 OPS. All I'm saying is, since he slid into DMs, he started turning around. You know, so you're welcome. Uh, yeah. Uh, we're not gonna take him off from one good week because he was at an F. But if he has a decent week, he's coming off. He's uh. The king of all utility players, you know what I mean? Yeah, if he can be a seven, low seven OPS, just viable. But yeah, I, I, we'll see. But hey, gotta be happy. No complaints right now. Um, Eli Morgan, he's going on. He's at a D. Uh, last seven appearances, a nine forty five ERA, yep. a one fifty, yeah, one dot five zero WHIP, seven and runs, and six and two thirds innings. 
just going through a really rough patch right now. Can't put him in high leverage stuff. Hopefully he figures it out. You know what I mean? But he was our only person for high leverage stuff other than Class A. So, and Henches and they're both, we're going to talk about, fell yeah. off at the same time, which is just tough. Uh, and then that leads me into Henches, who's also going on in his last seven appearances. Uh, 14.29 ERA, 3.18 whip, and uh, nine and runs in his last five and two-thirds. He's fallen off the map in the last two weeks. Him and Morgan both. Like we said. Basically, you know. all our high leverage stuff. Looking like the same hinges of last year. He needs to find it. And then he's an F. Sorry. Uh, yeah. I just added it. Sorry. Yeah, that's it's fine. Me. I feel like an F, right? I mean, yeah, that's, that's bad. Fair. That's bad. Fucking 14.29 ERA. Nine earned runs. In yeah. Five and two. Uh, and then Ahmed's going on. In his last seven games, he's batting 153 with a 194 OBP. A 250 slugging and a 444 OPS. His last 15 games, a 765 OPS. Uh, he was on a heater throughout the whole month of June, uh, but just that's Ahmed. Uh, he has a blistering hot month and then comes back down to earth. Uh, law of averages, baseball gods are going to get theirs, and all he does is hit singles and ground balls. Yeah, not going to beat him up right now because this is the one when I said a player is going on, you know, at a D that, you know, before that he was just absolutely, you go get Braxton. Sorry. Braxton. Uh, One of my dogs is just staring at uh, Paul through the, uh, you can just move the gate. It doesn't matter. Uh, He's staring at him through the, uh, uh, why can't I think of the word? The banister. The banister. That's Paul's buddy. Uh, anyway, so, yeah, he was on a bender. He had, like, I think maybe the most hits in a single month in club history or something. With, like, even he beat Jose um, with, like, 40-something hits in, in June. But then, as soon as July rolls around, 444 OPS last seven games. He This is what he does. Everyone's like, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. I'm like, he does this every year. He has an unbelievable month. And then he comes back down to like a 70 WRC plus. And then he has a month with 120. And it all averages out to about 99 to 100, just league average every year. Like he's got like 2,000 at bats. I don't think he's suddenly going to be something that he's not. But loved, loved his June. Uh, and he would have been at like a A. Uh, I mean, he, he would have been an A if couple episodes ago, but now... He was an A a couple episodes ago. I don't think we put him on. I think I uh, almost did. You don't did. think we ever put him on? No, because I had to pull from two episodes ago for... Huh. Yeah, he wasn't on either, but... Wow. Uh, yeah, anyway. So, is what it is. Uh, AL Central standings, and then we talked about, plus, that's going to sound terrible. Yeah. I just threw the ball for <laughs> yeah, the dog. We're not going to do that again. Yeah, but... He, or is he just going to keep biting it and squeaking it? Well, just hold it for now. Anyway. Can I see it? Live episode, Can even I though this is pre-recorded. AL Central standings plus wild card race. Um, like I said, halfway through the season, so we'll start talking about it. Minnesota first place, forty-eight and forty, uh, five and five in their last ten. I know he'll do that all day. He, he, what I faked through the ball. And he's I like, know he he's so smart, but also at the same time he's like, where is it? He's gonna get all upset. He'll start running around. Um, anyway, so second place, Cleveland. Uh, 41 and 42, four and a half back, two and eight in our last 10, which sucks. Uh, White Sox, third place, 41 and 43, five games back, six and four in their last 10. Detroit, 36 and 49, 10 and a half back, seven and three in their last 10, which 
We helped him with that. And then Kansas City, know your place trash. Last place, 32 and 52, 14 games back, five and five in their last 10. Helped him a little bit there too. And then the wild card picture, Boston, first, uh, they're the first wild card spot with a two game lead over everybody else. Tampa Bay is the second wild card spot, one game above everybody else. And they're the ones they've lost three in a row. Um, and they're five and five in their yeah. last 10. And then tied for the third wild card spot, which is new for this season with the expanded playoffs is Seattle and Toronto. And, uh, yeah, because Seattle is nine and one in their last 10. They've won <laughs> eight in a row. Meanwhile, prior to that, Toronto has lost four in a row. So you know how I was saying at the beginning, yeah. two of the teams. Toronto's one and nine in the last 10. Yeah. And Tampa Bay's literally lost three in a row. So prior to Seattle, you know, shooting their shot during this time, going on an eight game win streak. The fact that we're two games back, we could be in the third wild card yeah. spot with decent performance and probably be up a game or two. Yeah. So it's that's where it gets frustrating. But wild cards don't get one in July, and uh, we're only two back. So a quick rule for anybody that's new: we don't talk about anybody that's more than five games back for the wild card. So Baltimore is on an eight-game win streak because holy shit. Uh, and then my favorite team that isn't the Guardians. Yeah. So they're two games back of that tie between Seattle and Toronto for the third spot. And then we're below them, uh, for whatever reason, maybe head to head or something. No, cause didn't we go two and one against them? I don't know why, but for some reason we're two and we're they have one more games, maybe. Yeah. That's probably why, even though we have the same win percentage. Anyway, we're two games back as well. Then the White Sox are two and a half and then Texas is four games back. So yeah. Just a quick update, and then uh, some Guardians news here that I cleaned up. Yeah, so last Sunday, Guardians Perspective tweeted out that 23-year-old right-handed pitcher prospect Xavier Curry uh, strikes out nine over six innings, or over five innings, sorry, of work in his AAA debut tonight for Columbus. It is lined, five innings pitched, five hits, two runs, both of them earned. One walk, nine strikeouts on 87 pitches, 57 of them were strikes. Yeah, so way to make your debut. De- debut. Debut. <laughs> well, debut. Ooh, no, debut. Way to make your debut in AAA. And uh, who was it? Tanner Beebe? Didn't he make it last episode? He made his debut and he got I think torched. So. Yeah. But then Xavion Curry's like, huh, I'm different. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, and then going off of that last Saturday, uh, 23-year-old right-hand prospect Tanner Beebe, uh was promoted to Double A Akron from High A Lake County. Oh, not Tanner. Uh, Gavin Williams. Yeah, Gavin, Gavin Williams, Williams is the one that got cooked. Uh, but yeah, everybody seeing them promotions move yeah. through the system. Whoops. Ooh, moving and grooving, baby. So good to see him. I know Quincy's really high in him. A lot of guys are yeah. people that follow it closer than we do. And yeah. you always hear us say it, we don't follow the farm system as closely as we should. I don't know. If should we only have so much band? We're just yeah. not experts. It's just not. Also, it interests me, but not the. I like the I like the bigs. Yeah, Braxton's being real cute. He's still looking for the ball. Um, and then last Saturday, MLB tweeted out the AL relievers of the year. Uh, year relievers of the month. Uh, it was Emmanuel Clase and Edwin Diaz, uh, both closers. Yeah, true. I mean, he deserves this. He, yeah, he's he, been shoving. It's, it's his to lose to be reliever of the year. Yeah, honestly, and he, uh, he very likely will win it. Yeah, knock on wood. Sure, that sounded great. Yeah. Uh, Wednesday, Guardians Perspective tweeted out that 21-year-old outfield, pro- outfield prospect George Valera has been selected to participate in the MLB Futures game during the All-Star break. Uh, and then later on, uh, they announced that Yoenski Noel 
uh, is going to participate as well. So two players in the Futures game, which uh, I'm going to specifically watch that more than the All-Star game probably. Yeah, that's probably a good see see what's going on there. Yeah, but yeah our two kings, Valera and Noel. Mm-mm-mm. Uh, and then Thursday, Guardians Perspective tweeted out that uh, catcher prospect Brian Lavastida uh, has been sent to rehab assignment in AA Akron. Yeah, because he's been out for a hot second. Yeah. Um, and then Thursday, Guardians Perspective tweeted out that right-handed pitcher prospect Tobias Myers uh, was claimed oh, by yeah. the Giants. We already talked about that. So I forgot yours isn't in real time deleting because yeah. I deleted some. Yeah. Um, and then... Uh, Friday, Guardians Perspective tweeted out the 20 year old, 20 years old. Yeah. He's young as shit. Yeah. 20 year old Yoinski Noel, uh, hits a two run shot in the fourth inning for Akron, uh, in game two of today's doubleheader versus Altoona. Uh, the home run was Noel's six with Akron in his first 10 games. He has now 25 on the year. Okay. Let me back that up. He has, since he got promoted, he has 10 games, six home runs in 10 games at double A. And 25 on the year. He strikes out like a motherfucker. <laughs> that is his problem. Yeah. He strikes out at like a holy shit clip. He is. Yeah. Um, he's not someone to be right. It's so like sexy how much he's doing that. Yeah. But like I start looking and because everyone's like, oh, maybe we should really get him up to trip. And it's like he's beating the shit out of the ball, but there's still some cracks. So yeah. It is what it is. It is. Uh, Friday, Guardians Insider tweeted out that Cleveland traded Johan Ramirez to Pittsburgh Pirate for cash. Who was... Uh, uh, I don't even remember where we got Johan Ramirez from. Neither do I. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Uh, Saturday, uh, John Elrod tweeted out that George Valera was a late scratch with lower back tightness. Something he started feeling yesterday. Akron manager Ruglas Ador says that he will also sit tomorrow. <sighs> And then on Sunday, Guardians Perspective provided an update that said 20, you know, 21-year-old prospect George Valera out a second straight game from Akron with yeah. lower back tightness. So you're going to think about jumping off the uh, bridge. Sunday, 20, uh, Guardians Perspective tweeted out 22-year-old catching prospect Bo Naylor uh, hits a two-run home run in his first at-bat today for Columbus. Uh, Naylor now has four home runs in AAA and 10 home runs overall in the season. He is hitting 308 since his promotion to the Clippers. Step up. Yeah. No kidding. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, the turnaround he's had since last year, just even at double A, he was struggling so much and had just kind of a year to forget. Yeah. And then just like a 180 and then some. Um, yeah. Just crazy. Uh, and then Sunday, you already heard us talk about the uh, prom- uh, the All-Stars for us, Jose, Clase, and Jimenez. Uh, when Terry Fracona announced honors this morning, he first only mentioned Ramirez and Clase, and he interrupted the team celebration to reveal Jimenez made it too. Uh, he said it really surprised him. And it was funny because someone tweeted out, like, was he just didn't know, or was it, was he yeah, like, I know, I playing a joke? And uh, Zach Miles was like, no, he was playing a joke. Yeah, he's just playing a joke. Yeah, which is fucking hilarious. I love that. Everyone's like, oh, let's go. And I can just see him in his like, oh, like, mm-hmm. I was looking forward to it. Like, oh, yeah, Andreas made it too. And everyone's like, ah! Lose their mind. <laughs> um, and you already heard us talk about Sandy Leon got outrighted at AAA Columbus. Uh, and then Sunday Guardians Perspective tweeted out that 
Uh, prospect Will Benson extended his hitting streak to 11 straight games today with a three-run home run for Columbus in the seventh inning for uh, for Benson. That is his 14th of the season, and he now owns a 906 OPS over 75 games. That's real good. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's real good. Uh, so upcoming series preview to wrap up here. Uh, four games versus the White Sox. That starts tonight. And then four games versus Detroit. Um so we got a doubleheader against the White Sox because that's all we play ever, and that's tomorrow, Tuesday. Uh, so game one tonight, seven ten Eastern. Uh, Lance Lynn, fastball king, just all he throws is like a million different types of fastballs versus Big Daddy Dick Cal Quantrill. Um, Lynn has a five three three ERA. He just got back from the IL. He missed like the first two months. And Quantrill has a three eight six ERA, and Quantrill needs a nice little bounce back at home. He's yeah, kind he of been scuffling the last couple starts. And then tomorrow, game one of the doubleheader, no starters announced. That's a one ten start. And then uh, game two uh, tomorrow night is seven ten, no starters announced. And then Wednesday is the uh, series finale, and that's Giolito, who's got a five oh five ERA versus Savali, who's six twenty eight, and that just keeps on dropping as he finally settles in. So yeah, four four games against the White Sox. Uh, like we said, forty one and forty three, six and four in their last ten. We're forty one and forty two, two and eight in our last ten. So uh, we got we got to show up to play here uh, at back home. And then Tigers series starts Thursday, seven ten uh, at home. Friday seven ten, Saturday four ten, and Sunday's finale is a one forty uh, start time. And I don't believe that any of the uh, Starters have been announced yet, and I the, doubt it. And I just realized next week, uh, this the episode that recaps this will be the last one before the All Star break. Yeah, so it's kind of crazy. And then yeah, we'll be right back at it. So um, as far as the White Sox, they're playing better, but they still have just not kicked it into gear. Um, and we play them well. What I say, we're are we six and one? Whatever I said or some shit. We're six and two nah, against I forget. them. Six and two so sure, far. That sounds right. Like we're we're playing really well. Uh, but they're still tough. I mean, it's not going to be easy, and we cannot. We got to just get the whole energy. We got to get everything going. Like it still isn't a lot that. of energy, a lot of focus. And then the Tigers. There's just no excuse. We should have blew their backs out um, this past Ooh, week. That sounded awful. <laughs> this past week. Now I have to throw it to them. And uh, it's fine. We're wrapping up here. Yeah. This is this is a silly show. We're <laughs> uh, yeah. Just chance to run it back. Get get three or four, please. I mean, we could very easily get get the sweep and return the favor. Um, and yeah, that's pretty much everything. So yeah, this is fun. It was fun. Yeah, this is fun. It's good doing it when I can see your sweet face. I know. And sitting here, and hopefully everybody <laughs> enjoyed it. A little all over the place. A little off the. Off uh, off script with some stuff, but also uh, getting caught up on everything. You know, that's how we are. We're just off the cuff yeah, mostly. Just talking about the team. That's yeah. the that's the stuff that's more important than all the stats and shit. All the the past. Yeah. Who cares? The past. The I, past is the past. I don't even have a rearview mirror no. because I am only looking for yeah. it. Anyway, all right. Thanks so much for listening. <laughs> if you like what you hear, please subscribe, follow. Some shit, Andre Not would say. Yeah, true. Cor- <laughs> corniest motherfucker alive. <laughs> Drives me nuts. Jesus. 
thanks so much for listening. If you like what you hear, please subscribe, follow, turn on automatic downloads wherever you get your podcasts so you never miss an episode. Please consider leaving us a review. It really helps us out, lets us know you're enjoying the content, and helps other people find the show. And uh, make sure you're following us on Twitter, TikTok, and Instagram at 216BaseballPod. And we're going to be back on Monday to give you a breakdown of the White Sox and Tigers series. And please, Jesus, let this week go better because we need it. But Alex Cole got called out plus Nolan Jones. So, Uh, 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 uh. all right, guards up, baby. Guards up, baby. Let's go.